0: Welcome once again to the Peace of the Action Podcast. This is Corey G. This week I'm joined by someone new to the Action Week. I'm joined by Jonathan Mork, who is the owner and the head cheese of Apprehensive Films.
1: Uh, good to be here. How's everybody doing?
0: I don't know. They don't talk to me here much. No one sends me fan mail.
1: No fan mail, huh? Not yet. Not yet. Well, you know, when you get the big time when you got the bags of fan mail. Well, I guess now it's just in a big inbox. You know, you're like, oh man, like, it's full.
0: We get a lot of likes, a lot of shares, but I have no fan mail yet.
1: Well, send send Corey some fan mail.
0: In defense, they don't have my email address.
1: Well, find it. Do some research, people.
0: Yeah, that's you got to search for me.
1: Yeah, it's got to be you know, it's got to be worth the effort. You know, you got to feel like you accomplished something when you when you when you when you find uh, you have you have the first couple stalkers. That's what you'll have
0: you know the only thing I, was, I mentioned last week that i just get scared if i ever take those weird pictures of myself like in my pajamas or or without a shirt or flex and and i look on the facebook and like 22 people like this and it's and 18, 18 dudes man it's just <laughs> i gotta learn to keep my clothes on on facebook
1: yeah you know as soon as you start taking the selfies and, and 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 the shirtless pictures on facebook you you, you start getting some interesting People, I think, uh, as far as your friends go there.
0: Yeah, that's that's. What I, I had to unfriend some people after that last pajama job. But uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Jonathan owns Apprehensive Films. Uh, if, if if you want, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Apprehensive, where we can find Apprehensive, so on and so forth.
1: Well, Apprehensive Films is, is my company. I started back in 1997. And it started as, uh, as a production company, we we got into distribution pretty quickly, and now we're a production and distribution company. We focus on cold horror and exploitation movies mostly, but we've got some uh, we've got some cool action titles. I'm sure that uh, the listeners of this show would be excited to hear about, and maybe don't even know about because they're pretty they're pretty weird. Um, you know, we've got uh, we got Cripple Masters two and three, we've got Death Promise, and we've got uh, Game of Survival. Those are our main action titles, and. And check them out. Uh, the The store website address is thegrindhouse.net. Thegrindhouse.net. You can buy all the DVDs there. Uh, the production company website is afcinema.net. That that's us.
0: Game. I recommend the game of survival, classic from the eighties. There.
1: Yeah, that's a nineteen eighty seven film. Um, and I got something I want to talk about with that. Uh, this is funny. This is something actually. Uh, Amon, uh Arman. Arman. Arman, Arman Kazarian is the filmmaker. It's a tough name to say. Uh, he, sent, he sent this over to me the other day, and he said, hey, you know, this is, a, I think, a cool sales angle for, for Game of Survival. And, and it's The Hunger Games versus Game of Survival. Let me read this real quick. All right, so, The Hunger Games, released in 2012, science fiction movie set in the future 24 years, are set in the future where 24 youngsters from 12 different districts are selected and forced to compete to a fight to the death of battle. The rules are simple. 24 players must kill each other and survive in the wilderness until only one wins. You flashback 25 years to 1987 when Game of Survival came out on Raid on home video, VHS Days, science fiction movie set in the future where seven prisoners from different planets are selected and forced to compete in a fight to the death battle. The rules are simple. Seven players must kill each other and survive until on Earth until only one wins. It's the same movie. Game of Survival predates Hunger Games by 25 years. And, I, and we're we're expecting the same exact sales. We're we're looking for huge numbers from from that synopsis right there.
0: And as much as it me, because I'm a fan of the movie, it even predates the Great it Battle Royale.
1: It does. Battle Royale is they're all Game of Survival clones. People, you need to go check out Game of Survival. And let me tell you, Game of Survival is the only one of these these bunch that has the really cool 1980s you know <laughs> giant Hercules steroided out crazy. You know, WWF-looking type stuff uh, is going on there, and, it, and it's post-apocalyptic, it's wild, it's just, it's, it's 80s, I think one of the reviews on Amazon it says, you know, post-apocalyptic 80s cheese fest, you know, and that's a very, very uh, apt description.
0: Yeah, there's lots. Of, we're gonna have to do a hunting human for sport movie era episode one day. That's one of my favorite uh, subgenres of film. That is
1: a that is a good subgenre. I like that too. Yeah, I was actually just watching. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I think season three or four, where the, where they're hunting. They said, "Oh, it's, we gotta hunt humans," and they're hunting the uh, the the homeless guy uh, <laughs> through the city. Um And it's, it's their friend they went to high school with that was a. uh uh, uh he was a priest, but he fell out of the priesthood and became homeless. and uh, So they decided to hunt him, you know, and because you know, that's the only real sport, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Hunting animals, that's not hard. you got to hunt humans. Do
0: you have a favorite hunting human for sport film?
1: Oh, God. A um, favorite hunting human for sport film. I would say, I think my favorite one, uh, and, and I think this qualifies, is definitely uh, *A Southern Comfort.
0: Southern Comfort's a good I haven't seen that in a long time. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's my favorite. I mean, I'm a big Walter Hill fan, so that's uh, you know, Warrior, Southern Comfort, all that good stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite. What about you?
0: The Pest with John Leguizamo.
1: I have never seen The Pest. I remember I worked at a video store at one point, and that movie was constantly rented out. We it's had funny one as copy, shit. The one copy on VHS, and they constantly rented that out. It's because it's and hilarious. I got a chance to see it.
0: Uh, as far as the serious hunting human for sport movie, my favorite is actually, um, that's a toughie. Um, I
1: didn't even know the past was a hunting human movie. I didn't even know that the
0: Jeffrey Jones kidnaps him to hunt him for sport. <laughs> uh,
1: this like is the Leguizamo's the, 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 the Catch? Yeah. Excellent.
0: Because he needs the head of a quote-unquote spick on his wall because he's killed every nationality but a Mexican, so he has the big plaque that says Latina Spicticus, and that's where he's going to put Leguizamo's head. <laughs>
1: I've got to see this now. Like, I had no idea that's what that movie was about. I just saw John Leguizamo looking kind of goofy on the cover, and it was the pest. And like it was constantly rented out. And I was like, well, I don't know what the attraction is here, but whatever. It's oh,
0: no, hilarious. Okay. I mean, it is totally hilarious. Uh, if I had to pick a real hunting human, uh, hard target's real high up on my list with Van Damme.
1: Okay, I haven't seen that since it came out, but that's good. Yeah, okay.
0: And I really like Final Round with the great Lorenzo
1: Lamas. Lorenzo Llamas, nice, nice. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was, just, you know, the same episode of, of it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Matt gets this big long duster jacket. And he's like, I look like Lorenzo
0: Llamas.
1: <laughs> I swear to God, like this whole this whole this whole podcast centers background It's always Sunny in Philadelphia in the hunting humans episode. One
0: day I'm gonna I'm gonna interview Lorenzo. His his publicist, she's such a nice lady. She's always so polite when she tells me no.
1: <laughs> he's like, we really like what you're doing, but you're just not. Why? What, 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 what do you got to get? What do you got to have to get Lorenzo Lamas on the show?
0: I, you know, I don't know the guy's doing shit like, um, fucking wife swap and shit. I mean, he can't be that busy. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you know, I'm like, I don't even you know what Lorenzo Lamas is up to these days. Yeah. I think
0: he owns a motorcycle company.
1: Oh, I like Renegade. You know, that was good stuff. That's
0: one of my favorite shows, actually.
1: I've seen. dude, I, yeah, I love the intro? You know, that was the best part.
0: It was it was fun. I bought the Mill Creek put out the complete series, so you can get all five seasons for like twenty two bucks.
1: That doesn't surprise me.
0: <laughs> I, I bought it. I like it. Uh, they put out the whole Wise Guy series for sixteen bucks. They put out some pretty good stuff there for the price.
1: Let me ask you: Are you a uh, are you a Walker Texas Ranger fan?
0: I hate Chuck Norris with a passion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Walker is a terrible show. It,
0: it is. is. It's, it's it's the silent rage of TV.
1: Silent Rage. Um, oh, gonna, again, I know I've mentioned this on the on other on other uh, other shows, but this is um you know Silent Rage is is the best slasher action hybrid. I gotta say.
0: No, that's Cobra.
1: Now now Cobra is very good. Cobra's very good, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's better than Silent Rage.
0: Boy, well, I would in a heartbeat.
1: But I don't get the chanting and the chanting and the axe tapping and then the really bad soundtrack. I mean Cobra's got some detractors.
0: Well but it's got Bridget Nielsen in it when she looked good. I
1: mean she did look good in that. That was very yeah.
0: I love at the end very end of the movie when he hops on the Harley and she's like hops on behind him and she's clearly just towers over him.
1: Oh yes, she's way taller.
0: I mean she's like what six four, six five. He's like what, five five?
1: Yeah, he's a short cute. That's a great movie. I, I that's
0: that's to this day probably my, one of my favorite Action, not like the greatest film action, just as far as fun to watch. Cobra's still one of my top films.
1: Yeah, Cobra's Cobra's awesome. I like it a lot. I love his, uh, you know, and that's his car too in the movie. The car's badass. Yeah, that car's pretty sweet. And uh, um, I mean, I love, and I love, you know, when, when he when he punches the jerk off cop at the end, you know, oh yeah, no hard feelings. Damn, yeah, he? and that actually looked good. I mean, he looked, he hit that guy hard. You know, I was like, nice. Because yeah, usually, like you're like, oh man, he will give him like a you know, little jab in the face. No, he like knocks that guy out.
0: <laughs> then he's like still holding him while he pulls him back up.
1: Yep. And uh, and I love, I love, I you know, it's this weird stuff like the like you know like the, the constant eating in the movie. Like they're they're constantly eating, and and, and you know uh, Stallone's all on the on the health food kick, you know and. And he, they start eating, the, you know, the girl's food in the hospital. And like, you done with this? And you just start eating plates.
0: plate. What oh, I think it is, when he went to his apartment, and he takes out a container. Half a pizza? He's half a pizza that he cuts with a cigarette, but then he takes out an egg container, empty egg carton, that has gun cleaning equipment he keeps in his refrigerator, and he cleans his gun while cutting open pizza.
1: I, I didn't get that scene at all. And all I know is that Cobra's got a sweet pad. That's all I'm going to say. really? Like, this shitty apartment with a... Old pizza box, you know. And it's, like, and it's like, he's talking about health food the whole time, but he eats half, of, but only eats half a slice of pizza.
0: Yeah, that he cuts with scissors.
1: Yeah, I don't, that scene, I don't I don't get it at all.
0: Maybe he just did that on a break and they put it in the film.
1: Yeah, they're like, you know, we got to pad this out. Let's shoot the scene real quick, you know. All right, yeah, I'll cut half a piece of He's like, I got to eat some pizza. He's I hungry. <laughs> I can't eat apples all day. Come on, dude.
0: Yeah, he actually, I think, probably follows a Spartan diet. <laughs>
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I remember when he did Copland and he had to get fat. He was like, "The first thing I ate was an entire wedding cake."
1: Oh man, he got fat for Copland's a good movie. It is. It he is. got fat for that. Yeah, I forgot about Copland.
0: He's, he's. I think he's a pretty good actor, to be honest with you.
1: Honestly, I think he's better than a lot of people. You know, it's funny because I know, like, I, I don't know if I have made this comparison to you or any. I, I have made this comparison before. And it might offend some Stallone fans, out there, so, I, so I apologize in advance. But, you know, um, especially when you go back and look at like his early stuff, like Cobra and stuff, like some of the, the way he acts, dude, with with, like, with just his looks and stuff, reminds me of Ryan Gosling in, in, in his tougher roles, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, and, and Ryan Gosling is, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's such a great actor, blah, blah, blah. And Stallone always gets kind of like the hack, you know, cred. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Stallone's got more chops than, than people give him credit for.
0: He just says he doesn't have a ton of expressions.
1: Well, he just he just, you know, he doesn't get the, um, I mean, besides Copland and stuff, he just doesn't get the real serious roles. He gets, you know, Cobra. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Well, yeah, because the first
0: Rocky was good, you know, where he played a palooka. I mean, you know, he,
1: that was good acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was good stuff, you know? But, you know, it's funny, like, then you get into Rambo and stuff, and you, like, you know, you know especially the, the new Rambo, which I liked a lot. But, I did, you know? too. But it was funny when they cut back to, like, the old Rambo footage in the movie, and it was like... It didn't, the flashback made no sense. It was just like Stallone wanted to look at himself young again. It was like, like what's that? Am I going to do anything?
0: Yeah, I want to see what
1: I had, the, the long hair and more muscle.
0: Then again, though, the guy looks just as
1: good now. Dude, he's in good shape, man. He's in good shape for being, what, 60? How, how old is that yet? 67, I think? God damn, yeah.
0: But he openly admits, which is a lot of respect after from. he's doing human growth hormone.
1: Oh, well, he got busted for pulling st- yeah. smuggling steroids in at one point, didn't he?
0: But he admits it. That's the beauty of it. That's, I just take a lot of protein.
1: Anybody who doesn't think that he is is a moron. Like they, You can't
0: look like that, especially no. at that age.
1: Yeah, exactly. Although i got to say, his new movie that just came out, I didn't see it. Um, Grudge Match? Doesn't look like my type of thing. I heard it was good,
0: but I haven't seen it. I I watched Bullet in the Head again the other day. A uh, Walter Hill film. Actually, very good. Yeah. What
1: them. do you What do you think of Bullet in the Head? I
0: like it a lot.
1: I do. I I don't like um uh the one thing I don't like about it is that the the his his partner the Asian guy drives me nuts. I I just want to slap him around.
0: And he's Han and Fast and the Furious. You know, he's I like him in that. But is he the same guy in The Walking Dead?
1: Or am I no, he's thinking a no. different guy. Different guy. Okay.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen he,
1: Bolton Head which was in theaters
0: why do you put an Asian guy in a movie he don't know karate
1: <laughs> but you know I mean just it just he's not a likable guy so when he gets his like daughter at the end it's like oh what you know, like, I didn't like him but even beyond that I liked Bolton I thought it was good
0: it was nice but it, I think I like these movies Stallone and Arnold are pumping out because and it's unfortunately it's what's killing the appeal they're 80's movies just filmed now
1: oh totally I, I loved I thought Escape Plan was great I liked it was, uh, I, I was, Thought it was way better than I was expecting. Actually,
0: I thought Arnold. I thought the last stand was very fun.
1: I didn't see it. I, the trailer just looked bad. It's, it's
0: good. It's really good.
1: Really, because you know, like some of the jokes. Those are some tired jokes they had in there. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Johnny Knoxville and Luis Guzman are great in it.
1: All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. It's
0: playing on cable. It's on streaming on Netflix. I think, and it's on. I think it's Epics that's showing it. I do I've, I've ran across it on cable a handful of times.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I was one of those ones where I was like, I don't know about that one. That one just looked bad.
0: No, it's it it's promoted poorly, but it's actually a very good
1: film. I'm gonna take your word on it because I have to check it out now.
0: It's my only complaint with Escape Plan was I got good. I mean, it needed subtitles. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but actually, my my complaint with um
1: Escape Plan was Fifty Cent like. He yeah. was not cast well. Done. I mean, I actually I think he's an okay actor in, in most of his roles when he plays a gangster and stuff. But like he, he, the, the, the smart computer nerd, uh, I wasn't buying. It.
0: No, that should have been like uh, Ludacris.
1: Yeah, yeah if we had to pick. If you had to pick a rapper for Fifty Cent's role in, in Escape Plan, who
0: would Well, Ludacris is already the techno guy in um, Fast and the Furious.
1: I uh, you know I say we go the other direction with Fast and the Furious and get uh, what's his name from the first one. Um, who was the racer?
0: Uh, in part
1: one? In part one. He, he loses right away.
0: Oh, who is that guy?
1: Oh, God. Uh, he's a guy. He, he had a beef with 50 he's the one who I think he stabbed him, right?
0: Uh, my rap knowledge is pretty much zero.
1: Oh, man. You got to keep up. Uh, oh, dude.
0: Little Bow Wow.
1: Not Little Bow. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. That's who it is. That was a Ja Rule. It was Ja Rule, yep. Yeah, I know him and 50's and had beat. Yeah, Ja Rule should have been Nah Ja Rule doesn't doesn't look like a, 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 See the, a was, ja R-
0: was Ja Rule the one from Halloween seven?
1: No, that was LL Cool J.
0: No. Or Halloween eight. That was Buster Rhymes.
1: Yeah, Buster Rhymes was in there with uh what 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 the supermodel chick, right?
0: Yeah, I just remember Trick or Treat, motherfucker.
1: That was a terrible movie. That was really
0: bad. I didn't hate it when I saw it in the theater Halloween because I was seeing it in the theater. Yeah, it was watching well, it at home the second time it was tr- garbage.
1: The second time you said through it the second. Time? I saw it in the
0: theater. And the theater was kind of fun because I. Had I saw it in the theater slash. too, and
1: I was like, "Wow, there was this." Then they when they switched to Michael Myers, and I was like, "Oh, dude, come on, dude! Like, you cut off the head of some other dude? Like, this, you know. like
0: Michael Myers has ever had the thought to trade clothes with someone?
1: Yeah, yeah, like and." He's a killing machine, he doesn't think, he just kills.
0: Yeah, yeah, that series was kind of, they needed to, they needed to just, doing it again, just going back to the story they originally started.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that Carpenter was like, you know, he, he wrote, why, the reason why he wrote part three, you know, Season of the Witch being so weird, was he was like, dude, the Michael Myers story's over after part two, we got nothing to talk about, we gotta do something new, this is this is old, this guy's killed people, he's dead, you know, it's done. And people wanted Michael still. He couldn't believe it. He thought there was nothing left.
0: No, season of the witch. I actually, I really like season of the witch. I
1: oh, think I love it. I think it's a great movie. But he, the problem is people wanted Michael Myers, and he, you know, Carpenter's idea was he actually he had to write a part three, and he was like, well, let's just do a different Halloween themed movie for each installment, which I think is a great idea. But I guess you'd have to start a whole new franchise because uh, you, know, you
0: should just call season fire. of the witch.
1: Yeah, just drop the Halloween, you know.
0: Yeah, I I would have done that.
1: Yeah, it's got a cult following now. I mean, you know, there's guys like me mean you who like it, but uh, when it came out, people were just like, what, this is bullshit. Where's Michael Myers? Hey, yeah,
0: yeah. where else are you going to see a movie where you actually see kids getting slaughtered for pagan holidays?
1: Oh, it's great, you know, melting heads, bugs running out. It's fantastic.
0: I like Trick or Treat, the uh, anthology that came out a few years back. I, I see they're finally going to make a part two, I think.
1: Yeah, sequel's coming. I can't, I'm excited.
0: That was a fun film. I watched it not that long ago, actually. I
1: watch it all the time, actually. Like, it's one of those movies that I put on. I'm clean and stuff.
0: I remember that was when I still thought I had pack was hot because no one had pointed out the giant gap in her teeth to me yet. So watching it again this time, I was just grossed out by her.
1: Oh, is she the one uh is she one of the ones in costumes, the blonde girl?
0: She was Red Riding Hood.
1: Red Riding Hood. Yep. She
0: was the one that was still the virgin. Yeah, okay,
1: like, yeah, yeah. She's got a big gap. She does.
0: It's gross.
1: How did I, you not notice that
0: before? I never paid attention. I just, because I remember when true blood first started, I was like, I'm gonna see Rogue's tits. This is so awesome in the first season, I was so happy. Like, you never notice that gap in her teeth? No, that's all I see.
1: Oh. No, that's funny. That show really is went south.
0: I'm glad it's coming to the end.
1: I haven't seen any of it, but... Uh, um, vampire porn. Well, that sounds good. I mean, but I can go watch... You know, there's a lot of vampire porn. I mean, of all the the subgenres of horror, the crossover in the porn world, vampire is number one. Oh, oh yeah, because they're sexy. Exactly. You know, go, go look at any Gene Rowland movie. Oh, my God.
0: I, uh, I showed my kid Goonies uh, the other day. He loved the Goonies, and I was, I'm thinking... When age can I show him the Lost Boys? Because that's basically Peter Pan.
1: Yeah, but, you know, much more adult.
0: Well, there's not a lot of bad words in it.
1: There's some sex there, isn't there?
0: Yeah, but I mean, he's a, a boy. Yeah. I was thinking maybe when he was seven or eight would be a good time.
1: I gotta say, I probably saw it around that age, so.
0: I was 12, I think, well, I'm a little older now. I think I was 12 when it came out.
1: Yeah, because I saw it on video, and I want to say, what year did that come out?
0: Uh, it was eight, late, 87, 88, that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, so I probably saw when I was, yeah, maybe 9 or 10. Yeah, I saw
0: yeah. Around, I like the, around the time of RoboCop.
1: RoboCops. Uh, what do you think about the new RoboCop, by the way?
0: I'm not going to insult it like everybody else, but uh, the trailer doesn't exactly get me pumped.
1: I want to see the, you know, like, RoboCop's like an anti-hero. You know, like, he's, it's, t- it's a dark movie, you know, and, like, the new one looks very Iron Man. Yeah, the costume looks awful, I will admit that. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, like, and I, I'm not going to say the movie's going to be bad. I seen, I'm just saying, you know, it looks like Iron Man, and I want to see RoboCop.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they would remake it.
1: What, what did you think of, did you ever see the RoboCop? It was, like, I think it was a Canadian series that they, that they, that they made, um, and it was Canadian TV series, and they they brought them out as individual movies on DVD. Did you see those?
0: Yeah, I saw a couple of them because I remember Rowdy Roddy Piper was in a handful of them. Those
1: are pretty bad. Yeah, and then Sci-Fi tried to do that a few years
0: back with the like, like Prime Directives and Justice. Yep. They made those weren't good either. The only RoboCop that's any good is the first movie. Oh yeah, everything else stunk.
1: <laughs> I remember liking RoboCop too. I mean, once again, I haven't seen any RoboCop since I was a kid. You know. And uh, I remember liking RoboCop 2, and then there was, there was RoboCop 1, 2, and 3, right? That was that was the yeah, whole series. Yeah, 3 was shit. I don't even remember 3. I don't was know was if him, I saw 3. It wasn't even Peter Weller. Oh, no?
0: And he was a PG movie at that point.
1: Yeah, the first one's R, right?
0: hard. Actually, the original was given an X rating. Because Criterion put out the X-rated uh, DVD a few years back.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: When Ed 209, when you first see Ed 209 when it guns the guy down, it's way more graphic. When they gun down uh, Murphy, it's a lot more bloody. And then at the end, when he's fighting all of them in that uh, like that abandoned mill there, you know where he stabs uh, uh, what's his name Clarence Monagert in the throat and all that—that's a lot more bloody too. It's just not like a blood it, you know, in
1: it. I got we'll the criterion
0: but You probably it. get it fairly cheaper now. It's oh. got a lot of nice special features and all. It was really good.
1: The I don't guy. know what Criterion stuff holds is price, man.
0: Yeah, I I happened to get lucky and buy a bunch of when a Borders was closing by my house.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's how you know some of the stuff I've sold online over the years. That's how you know like little little shops have got a business. I had a bunch of Tower Records stuff for a while, and got you know some twenty four ninety five DVDs for like three bucks. You know. Yeah,
0: I want to say I paid like six or seven for their Criterion Video Drome. That looks like an old the the case is like a it's like a hollowed out VHS. it it's a Betamax actually tape. Yeah, opened it up. That was a cool package.
1: Yeah, I like I had the um uh I had the the you know the the um, the the reanimator box set. that has got the uh you know that came with the highlighter and the you know the syringe and all that oh, stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, I think RoboCop's got some Blu-ray releases, but I think Criterion's the only one that's put out the X-rated print.
1: Well, that's the one I want to see. I don't. Yeah, like I think.
0: Let's see, RoboCop X-rated. Uh. Holy bucket of shit. Are you opposed to buying a used movie? No. RoboCop Criterion Collection, Amazon has used ones for 8 bucks. Excellent. Or brand new, it'll cost you oh,
1: $72. Yeah, yeah, out of principle. So
0: here, I'm looking right here, your first one. $7.99 plus $3.99 shipping, good condition. The seller's 100% positive.
1: Excellent. That is totally within my price range.
0: <laughs> yep, that's the that's the way to do it right there.
1: Yeah, I have no problem buying a used movie, that's for sure.
0: I don't either, and Amazon guarantees this shit, so... Yeah, but I would definitely recommend you pick that up.
1: Excellent, I am totally going to check that out. That, uh, that sounds good.
0: I wouldn't pay $72 for it.
1: No, no, I mean, that's, that's a lot of... You know, I told you, I think I told you I sold the Godzilla. I, I had a, a copy of the uh, Destroy All Monsters Blu-ray that got pulled. Because, it's worth so much money. Yeah, we, we sold it for 100 bucks like, right when it got pulled. Like the, Why did it
0: get pulled?
1: Toho um, Media Blasters just ble- were idiots. They found some old Super 8 millimeter footage from some promotional stuff that Toho had done for Destroy All Monsters and put it on there as a bonus feature, but didn't get approval from Toho to put that on there. And Toho got pissed and said, you know, you got to pull the release, and they dropped their contract with Media Blasters.
0: Yeah, I'm trying, And that was the Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Trying yep. to find uh, a Blu-ray, see if anybody's got it for sale. What's it going yep, for these days? Ed- 150 bucks.
1: Yeah, we sold ours for 100, you know. Honestly, Destroy My, it's just not that good of a movie.
0: No, um, I have the DVD, and I want to say I paid like probably 40 or 50 bucks for it, because it's also, you know, long gone, but yep. I bought it so I could have everything. That was the only reason I bought it, because I'm <laughs> one of those weird completists.
1: Yeah, and Toho is, re- I mean, of all, like, companies, you know, like, if I was going to release a Toho movie, I sure as hell wouldn't do anything that Toho didn't approve. I mean, Toho is, like, notoriously controlling, like, Disney, you know? I mean, they're not going to, they don't put up with shit.
0: No, I've I've heard stories like people that are selling bootleg Godzillas and shit at comic book shows, they come in there and bust your ass.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen, I, I have a buddy who sells a bunch of, uh, of, of my stuff on consignment all the time, I and mean, that's what he does, he goes from, you know, he just basically goes to conventions for for a living, you know, and he sells all these posters and He's basically got stuff for whatever, you know, the, if it's anime or whatever, he's got stuff for it, you know. And and he said, you know, he has been he does Comic-Con and WonderCon, all the big stuff, you know, and he said that he's seen Toho reps come in multiple times and, and just with the security guard and just have people pulled, you know. Yeah,
0: that's insane.
1: Yeah, Toho doesn't mess around. Like, Toho and Disney, like, you know, if you're going to bootleg someone's stuff, dude, don't do those guys. And don't and if you're going to, like, yeah, don't, like, throw something on there they didn't approve because they get pissed.
0: What kind of idiot goes to Comic-Con and sells bootlegs nowadays?
1: Dude, you would be surprised. You would be surprised.
0: I'm going to sell these bootleg copies of Fantastic Four, even though half of the Marvel studio is in the next room.
1: I know. That's, that, to me, seems insane. You know, like, I would be scared. I'd be sweating bullets if I was trying to do something like that, you know?
0: I wouldn't buy a bootleg.
1: People do, though, man. It's crazy. This
0: is fucking stupid. Why not just buy the the real movie? The price difference generally isn't that much. And two, what do you want some shitty looking thing for? Get the nice, but get the Blu-ray. I'm a Blu-ray snob though. So.
1: Yeah, you know, I know a lot of guys, you know, they, they, you know I got a couple of friends who are totally Blu-ray snobs and uh, you know, it gets that way pretty quick once, you know, like they won't even I don't want to watch DVDs anymore, you know. It's like, really like I saw I have no problem watching DVDs, but there's a yeah. lot of guys out there who are.
0: My wife picked up that White House down. Yeah and I was like I can't wait to watch you got the DVD. She's like oh who cares and I was like yeah not feeling this tonight. I like legitimately didn't want to watch it cuz that's a movie that would look good on Blu-ray.
1: You know and it's funny, though but you're like you know you know your your wife is the majority of people. The most people just don't even give a shit. You know and that's a, I think that's a problem why Blu-ray hasn't you know done any better than it has. It's 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 people just don't Field. like when VHS was around, VHS was a piece of shit. I mean, like, visually, it's not a good medium. Nope. DVD came out, and you're like, oh, man, it blows it away. You can't compare mm-hmm. the two. Blu-ray now is way, way better than DVD, but at the same time, DVD is still fine. Like, you don't look at DVD and go, oh, that looks like shit, you know? It's, and, and that's a problem with people. You know, they look at it, and they go, oh, my DVD looks fine. You know, and, and they go, well, Blu-ray looks good, but my DVD still looks fine. You know, <laughs> it's not like... Oh man, that Blu-ray looks so good now. My DVD looks like total ass. You know, now, I would That's...
0: never be the guy though, that starts rebuying his collection. That to me is a waste of money.
1: See, I got I got a buddy who does that. He you know, every time a new format comes out, he buys a whole new collection. Again, and you're like, well, No, I right. can
0: see. I, I don't get wrong. Like I read uh, most ninety percent of my VHS I rebought on DVD. But I'm not going to go now and rebuy all the DVD on Blu-ray.
1: Well, especially when your Blu-ray player will play your DVD. It's not, I mean, VHS died. I mean, even though there's been that VHS resurgence of collection, you know, it's not, you know, a regular format again, you know. Um, So, yeah, you know, VHS died. And it's like, well, you know, and your tapes are only going to play so many times.
0: What kills me are these kids that are in their teens and 20s. I miss the mom and pop video store. I got a black my VHS tapes. It's like...
1: They weren't alive when the mom and pop video store was here. It's thank like,
0: you. What were they, six?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Because, <you know. laughs> I mean, I'm, I remember very clearly when I... You know, I used to go to Video. Megavideo. Video was my video store. And, and Blockbuster moved in across the street and just killed them. You know, I mean, it was directly, you know, and it was like... Yeah, you know, um, Blockbuster had, you know, like, I mean, Make-A-Video had some cool fucking weird little titles, man.
0: Yeah, I used to have Couch Potato, because they even had a back room of porn. And then, yep, here came Blockbuster, here came Hollywood Video, that place was gone.
1: Yep. And, uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, Make-A-Video had the green doors. You had two swinging green doors into the porn room.
0: Yep, that's how this one was, like a saloon almost.
1: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I, I guess that was the standard, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> couple of green doors, you know, <laughs> behind the green doors. And, uh, uh, you know, the saloon saloons, I don't know why the So I guess they keep an eye on guys back there. Someone was jerking off or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, pro- yeah, I could see that. I remember uh, some places even had you, had you got a key. You had to go in and unlock the door to get into the porno room.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I think that killed, you know, I think that's why, you know, the porno sales in, in person really died, because, you know, it's like that's, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm the dirtbag who's got to go back and watch the porn and get the key, you know, versus I just go order that online, you know. Yeah, that's...
0: Well, it's just... And I I, I
1: think porn, I, I don't
0: know how... They're expensive, though. I mean, like, porn movies and that cost hundreds of dollars on DVD. Who's going to pay that?
1: I don't know who would pay that, yeah.
0: You could fuck a cheap prostitute for cheaper than that if you're that lonely. Make your own movie. I, yeah, but
1: the, I don't know if the the cheap process is going to look as good as the girl on the porn. <laughs> that's she true. Said.
0: That's true. But then again, I don't find porno women very attractive, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, it, it, there's so much now. You can probably find any kind of woman you like. You know, I mean, my God, it's just the, the amount of porn that's available is insane. That's it's just cool. it. And
0: it's all online.
1: Yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah, totally. I think, um, uh, I went to the, uh, I went to the AVN Expo last year, and, uh, and I, the, 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 they, they're definitely, porn is definitely making progress beyond just movies, though. I have never seen so many fake vaginas and fake vagina apparatuses that you could, you know, stick, you know, you, you stick your fingers in and test all these things. They had these they had this one it was insane, it was like a machine, you know, and then the girl, you know, you could have someone on the other end with a, with a Skype cam, and they had like, you know, like a dildo type thing, and whatever they did, you stuck your fingers in and you could feel it, you know, and it was like, oh... And they, they were telling me they were setting it up for, um, you know, where you could, you know, like, people long-distance relationships, you know, or whatever. So you could have, like, the Skype sex. And then they were going to say that they have cam girls where you could, like, buy an hour with the cam girl. You know, I was like, what, like oh Well, Screech
0: even has a line of dildos.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he, made, he made, say, by the smell. You know, that was his, uh, that I, was his sex tape. I saw it. Um, I did joke. not see it. Screech
0: is packing.
1: <laughs> nice. I nice.
0: mean, he's... H- had that show been more realistic, he would have been banging them chicks from Bayside.
1: Nice, nice. I had no idea. You know, uh, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen it. But uh, and it's funny. Speaking of Screech, he's got a new movie coming out, and they're looking for North American distribution. It's a, it's it's a Honduran um, animated film, and he does one of the voices for the American version. And it's called I forget what it's called, but I just saw a trailer for it, and it was. It was some weird, wild-looking stuff. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I did, he just seems like he'd be the world's biggest douchebag.
1: Hey, I don't know. I wonder if you know me. I mean, I think what he did—you know save creatures home, buy my sex tape, save by smell. I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, he might be a douchebag, but I mean, you know, I, I think I thought it was was funny.
0: He was one of the first Kickstarter people, so to speak.
1: He 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 kind of pioneered that crowdfunding—you uh, know—business uh, model, didn't he? Yeah, I
0: I need to pay my mortgage off. I have no money. Send me some cash.
1: And I will send you a copy of my sex tape. Uh,
0: and I think he kept his home.
1: I think yeah, I think Screech said okay, yeah. I and mean, he's and now he's doing Honduran animated films. I mean I just cracked up the Honduran animated film, it reminds me of Super Troopers where they're talking about Afghanistan animation, you know?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't, I, I don't like that movie.
1: Oh, I love Super Troopers! Everybody
0: love loves Super Troopers, but me—I just. I mean, of
1: of the Broken Lizard comedies, you know the, that comedy troupe. I think you know Super Troopers is by far their best movie.
0: See, I like Club Dread a lot.
1: Club Dread was good. I did like Club Dread. That would be my second favorite. And then from there, you know, like Beer Fest is probably the second Beer favorite. Fest
0: was funny. I did like that.
1: And I would say Beer Fest, Beer Fest. is my third, and then the other ones are kind of hit and miss for me.
0: They after Beer Fest. They went just basically. They turned to straight to video comedy troupe.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what what did they do after that. Uh,
0: The Slam and Salmon I know was one because Michael Clark Duncan was in it.
1: Oh man! And I
0: think they might have popped out one or two more, but by then I think the fad had worn off.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they did their their first movie, Puddle Jumper, was like the sixty millimeter, almost like yeah, yeah, like it's it's not very good. No, but it was their first. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you kind of slack because you know, for a first movie, it was not bad, you know, but you know. They, they made big, you know, progress on, uh, on Super Troopers. I think Super Troopers was second, wasn't it? Yeah, and it did it did well. I remember at
0: theatrical, and people really swore up and down. People love it.
1: Oh, I, I've seen it probably 50 times. I love that movie.
0: Bro. I've seen it a couple. I own it. Yeah. You know, but I but
1: was... it. I saw it in the theaters. I own it. I, you know, I'm constantly trying to get my wife to watch it. She's like, oh, not Super Troopers again. You know,
0: like... But see, I don't like Shaun of the Dead. I don't think that's any good.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's okay. It was a one-time, you know, and it was just okay. But people uh, love it, man. They love Shaun of the Dead.
0: Uh, Hot Fuzz was better of the two, but even that, it's not like a watch all the time.
1: I never saw. Yeah, you know, I'm just not a big fan of those, those that duo, you know. So I didn't. I, I skipped Hot Fuzz.
0: There, it's. I don't know. I thought Zombieland was ten times better than um, Shaun of the Star Dead. of
1: the Dead. Well, they're they're making a Zombieland show. Have you heard of that?
0: I saw the pilot on Amazon. It was dog
1: shit. Oh, really?
0: Well, you can't you can't replace Woody Harrelson. You can replace any of the other characters, but you can't replace him.
1: I saw I saw Out of the Furnace. with uh, got Woody Harrelson and he plays it just a total scumbag, and that's a good movie.
0: Oh, I think he's another guy who's actually a very good actor that really never got a the credit he deserves.
1: Yeah, I mean he's done some good stuff. Yeah, I mean and he, he's way more versatile than I think people give him credit for.
0: Yeah, he's. You know who else is very versatile? Hmm. Timothy Van Patten.
1: Timothy Van Patten, huh? Well,
0: because he went from the White Shadow to the first movie we're going to talk about today.
1: Let's talk about it.
0: The Class of 1984. Class of 1984. Take a look at my face. I am the future.
2: Class of 1984, their only goal is power. I run this school, man. Their only law is survival. If you want to survive around here, you have got to learn to look the other way. Their only allegiance is to themselves. I'm still
1: believing all that bullshit that holds it together.
2: I pledge allegiance.
1: Otherwise, you'd have done me right. Like this. Hey, look what
2: he's done. You trying to kill me. Somebody's got to stop this insanity. Well, you simply cannot afford to fail this class. Now what is the answer? Oh, I am the future. <laughs> I am the future.
0: <laughs> I am the future.
1: But you've taught before, nothing like this has ever happened.
2: All right, I got to deal with it. Who's going to protect you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Later,
2: he's one man trained to deal with students, but they've pushed him to the limit. They've gone too far. Now he's going to give the class of 1984 the lesson they deserve. Ah. Class of 1984, is this the future?
1: Mark Lester directed.
0: This is a great movie. And you know what else? you know why else it's so great? Why is that? Starring Roddy McDowell.
1: It does have Roddy McDowell in it.
0: Ryan McDowell is by no means related to Malcolm McDowell, who you can follow on Twitter at, at Rio Loomis.
1: Yeah, the, the McDowells are spelled differently, if anybody's wondering. Yeah, this is. Uh, do you want to
0: talk about this one, or do you want to talk about the second one? Let's well, talk about
1: 1984 first, because I like it a lot. You know, I got a lot to say. Um, and it's also written by Tom Holland, if you guys know who Tom Holland is.
0: He's a singer.
1: <laughs> Not that Tom Holland. Uh-huh. Uh, no, this Tom Holland also wrote Psycho Two Fright Night, Thinner, Child's Play. I mean, so you know, I mean, it, he's got a pedigree in the, in the horror world, and I think that's why Class of 1984 is the darker of the the two movies that we're going to talk about today. Class of 1984, and Class of
0: 1999. And 1984's got a very good cast. You have Perry King, who's he's a very good actor. Uh, he, of course, Rodney McDowell, the first uh, film role of Michael J. Fox, who was, built it was just, just credited
1: Mike Fox, yeah, before he was Michael J. Fox.
0: And Timothy Van Patten, who was formerly from The White Shadow, which I'm not familiar with the show. I know it's about a white basketball teacher. And I'm assuming he was called The White Shadow because he was on your ass like a shadow when you're playing basketball. <laughs> <That's all laughs> I'm not familiar
1: with the show either.
0: Uh, he was also on The Master with Lee Van Cleef, uh, which is a show I really like that didn't get a fair run with great ninja master Kasuke. Yeah, but class of
1: 1984, I mean, yeah. And Michael Fo- Michael J. Fox looks like he's like 14 in that. I mean, he looks so young fat too. <laughs> yeah, he's a chubby kid, man. Holy shit. Bold haircut. Um, but I, I watched uh uh an interview uh with with Mike, uh uh Mark Lester on that. And um he said that uh you know even then they were like, you know, cuz it was like one of his first roles and they said, you know this Originally he was had like a non-speaking role. You know, I think I think he just had like a walk-on role <clears throat> and he was hanging out on set and they were like, yeah, "This guy's, you know, they're just talking to him and like this guy's got some acting acting skills and they they they, they made his role a lot more significant just chance, I guess.
0: Do you have the? Are you sitting on the Anchor Bay release, the one with all the special features and that? Yeah, that's, yep, that's the one I got. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie.
1: Oh, and and and, and you know, it's funny. Um, I remember me and my wife sat down watching for the first time when I first got it because I I, I I hadn't seen it. I didn't see it till the, the DVD uh, came out <laughs> because I missed um I missed it around the first time I was pretty young, and uh. uh I was like, oh, you know, I had seen Class of 1999 and my wife was in a mood to watch like kind of a lighter movie, you know, and I was like, oh, Class of 1984, it'll be light, it'll be fun, you know, Class of 1999 is crazy and ridiculous, and this movie is... Uh, a lot more realistic, even though it's a little absurd in times. But dude, you know, when 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 they when we get to the scene where, where, where they abduct his wife and rape her, you know, gay raper, I was like, Oh, this isn't really the lightest movie I was thinking it was gonna be.
0: No, I mean there's a oh, lot of what? fucked up things.
1: Oh yeah, they kill all the rabbits? Oh man, you know that's that made that's me a heartbreaking sad. scene. That's, that's heartbreaking It
0: really scene. was. The only yeah. complaint I have with this movie was the gang uh the Man Pant leads a a punk rock gang. Uh, his name's like uh, Stegman, and he has, It's not a big gang. He's got like three people with <laughs> him, but
1: yeah, like five guys total. Yeah, a yeah,
0: but they're all punkers. And there's even if you listen close, you can hear like Fear, Black Flag, and Circle Jerk, all this really good punk music. But the opening is this slow, boring ass ballad by <laughs> Alice Cooper.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that specifically because we've got you know, and I like, I, I'm an Alice <laughs> fan, but I'm a punk rocker, you know, and, like, you know, Alice Cooper's cool, you know, but, like, of of, and of all the songs, they, they, this was a theme song written for the movie, like, what? It's, like, this, it's like this sappy, kind of happy sounding song. It's, like, dude, what happened to 18? Use that or something that has, you know, at least some, like, angst in it. And, yeah, and then, the,
0: the chorus when he's, like, I'm the future, that sounds kind of cool, because it's a line that he says in the film, but yeah. the song itself, it, yeah, it's, it's like a, like a 70s AM radio song you hear. Yeah,
1: it's like, what? And then, then they have Teenage Head, which is a, a really cool Canadian punk band that's actually in the movie. And, you know, they, they go to, like, this, you know, punk show in the movie, and the Teenage Head's, teenage heads playing, and they're playing, you know, uh, uh, Got No Stands, which was, like, their big hit. You know, and it's like, dude, that's a way, like, why would you not use that band that you got in the movie as, like, the theme band for the movie, like... This, this, this shitty Alice Cooper of all Alice you know like that's a horrible Alice Cooper song you know like it just blew my mind Alice Cooper's not punk rock it's like no it, it didn't fit it was just so weird I was like it's like they didn't know like well Alice Cooper's got an it's like almost like a producer came in and was like listen you know we got I, I don't care if you got TSOL for this we gotta get Alice Cooper in for the main guy you know it's like what?
0: I think that penn was a very sharp-dressed punk, too. Like, you could tell he was a punk rocker wearing $200 outfits
1: <laughs> oh, and I, lo- I love how he goes home to the to the nice house with the, with the rich mom. You know, like, what a sham this kid is, you
0: know? Yeah, what a poser.
1: He, he was he was a total punk poser, I mean, which was great for the role. He had a sweet-ass car, though. Yeah, well, when he had the sweet-ass car, you're like, something's up. No punk rocker's going to have... I mean, you might have a 59 Cadillac that beat to shit, you know, but this thing's, like, perfect, you know?
0: The film basically centers around, and I keep in mind, they say we're the future, because 1984, I don't, this movie was made in, when was this movie made?
1: I think it was 81, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: so we're technically looking into the future, where, uh, you know, it's like a real hard-ass school, Lincoln High.
1: Lincoln High.
0: And um, Perry King, who you might remember fans from 90210. He was Dylan and, uh, you know, he was Brandon's uh, editor there at the paper in uh, season whatever. But uh, <laughs> he's
1: That's like. A lot of 902 and 0 knowledge there. I like
0: my 902. I would have so much sex with Shannon Doherty, it's not funny. <laughs> but he's he goes to this school. It's like a hard school, you know. It's like in the 80s you didn't picture schools with metal detectors and people smuggling in shanks and everything like that.
1: Oh, it's like it's a foreign prison, you know.
0: Oh yeah, it's all ganged up, graffiti and all. But what I don't get is why? Why do these teachers always go and take the teaching gig in one of these
1: places? Yeah, go teach somewhere else. Like, all right, you know what? I right, I'm not doing this
0: Because clearly he lives in a nice. Maybe his wife had a good job. Because he lives across town in a very nice area. Yeah. It, and the movie opens. He's driving through the hood, basically.
1: And what cracks me up is that that you know, you know, it's like the, the school is so bad. It was like. Everything around the school seems kind of nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the school's like toll pit. It's trash. And that's when he meets Roddy McDowell, who's the biology teacher. And he's even, I mean, he's packing a gun in his briefcase. He yeah. doesn't even fuck around.
1: No, he, he doesn't mess around, you know. And, and, and the scene after the after the rabbits where he, where he holds the, the, the students up so they learn. I mean, that is good stuff.
0: That was the original poster. It was him with the guns teaching yeah. the
1: kids. Yep.
0: And kid, Michael J. Fox is one of the students in Barry King's music class. Who uh, there's a there's a gang at this school, and, and that's the only thing I was kind of silly. This gang runs. This gang of five people, one of whom is a woman, runs the school. And, and but they're like organized. Like he's he's selling drugs. He's got uh, women uh, whoring for him. Oh
1: yeah, and they got like kids wanting to work for him. You know, it's like man, you know, like. And they hold auditions after school behind you know at the place where they have the punk bands. He's
0: got his own office in the slam dance building.
1: <laughs> Dude, I mean these guys are together for like you know, they're organized. You know, for for a bunch of drug addicts.
0: Yeah, I mean they beat the shit out of rival drug dealers and uh, good rumble scene there. But
1: uh... And my question too, my question is about the whole subgenre of these post-apocalyptic kind of, you know, um, future. You know, school movies is why in, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but I just want to know why in the future the strongest guys are the punk rockers. Why are the punk rockers the ones who prevail? Why are the punk, why it always punk rockers? Yeah, I
0: never got that because, and, and I was a punker. I mean, I, that's what I was. And I have had
1: a devil lock cut into my hair many years. Yes, times.
0: I had a devil lock, I had a flop, every, the whole shebang there. but
1: I've never grown a full mohawk. always wanted to, but I never did.
0: I, no, I never did either. My parents would never let me. I had half the head shaved.
1: But oh, my, my parents were so upset when I first came home and my hair bleached and dyed. And, oh, like, I remember the first time I bleached
0: my like caballero. Oh, that didn't end well. But,
1: uh, oh, no. my mom told me I looked like a fag.
0: Yep, said, I think like I got a that bag. a lot. Yeah. I just
1: started laughing. I was like, what?
0: When my kid was two and I took him for his first haircut, I got him the full-on shaved mohawk with the gel and everything. So, But even by 1981... Punk was already dead. Punk was the shortest fad in
1: history. But it's one that keeps surviving. You know, it's it's weird. You know, it's like yeah, it was it, for the mainstream punk. I mean, it was here and gone fast. You know, They're but it's a
0: uh, counting me. There are probably ten punks in my school.
1: Oh yeah, you know, and and uh, oh, um, but it's one of those things where you know every generation kind of rediscovers it. You know, and it's like. The Misfits are much bigger now than they ever were when uh, you know in the original formation. Oh
0: yes, and then, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they're they're great band. My favorite band. There you go. I could go two weeks straight and just wearing different Misfit t-shirts.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I, you know, and I, I as way I listen to music is I will just listen to the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know, and like you know, sometimes I'll just have you know uh, Walk Among Us on for like three weeks in a row. Just, that's all it plays in the background when I'm working.
0: I have Earth A D in my car right now. Oh Earth AD is such a piece of shit record. Hey, you know, I liked it. It was just it was just so out of left field though. It was like so what bad. What the fuck happened? When did he turn? when did this turn into Thrash?
1: Yeah, this is Thrashman all the way. You know, it's it's like uh, mommy can I go out and kill tonight. It's like what is that track doing on Walk Among Us? It's like that's awful.
0: You will not convince me that he was singing the words and that live version on Walk Among Us. Oh. There is no way in hell.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't that's the thing I don't understand about you know, and like you know, like we're talking about class of nineteen ninety nine, once again, nineteen eighty four, and even like you know, like Dead and Drive and all these you know, it's punk rockers who are the future. So I think Mohawks and spiked hair and fucked up tattoos are the future.
0: Well see that was a weird thing with the gang, like the one has the the fat one, he's got like the shaved up head. They all have the punk rock look, even the girl's overly done with the makeup except for Timothy Van Patten. He he's wearing he's the a, clean punk, yeah. He's wearing kind of a punk rock Euro trash outfit, but he looks like a pretty boy.
1: Well and it's the same thing in, in, in you know, Return of the Living Dead, when you got you know you got the punk rock group and they go pick up the couple that are like totally clean cut. They're yeah. in the majors. it's like you know, there's always the clean punks in the punks.
0: I guess it kind of fit Because he really was You know You could tell he was A rich kid Of privilege yeah, He and sociopath yeah. Yep And you know he's, He rules that school You know I mean He shows up But he's also A classically trained pianist
1: Oh yeah 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 And I love that scene Where, where you know He gets so, He throws a little tantrum Because he doesn't get the gig You know that That's You know Very uh, I think that was I think He was a well written character You know That was good stuff
0: And he did a good job Playing the part I mean He wanted to kill this kid Oh yeah and uh, you know he sells some. He's they're selling dope, and he sells some to Michael J. Fox's buddy. Who I, this is the one thing that kind of always I thought was kind of fucked up. Like the guy gets all whatever he bought. of some like angel dust or something. And he uh, he climbs to the top of the flagpole and you know rips and he falls and dies. You mean to tell me there's a hundred people down there? They couldn't have formed a thing and caught him.
1: Oh no! If you were down there below. And some dude all spun out, falls. You're gonna go catch him, or you're gonna go the other direction. Just natural, you know, instinct. You're gonna go. Oh man, I'm gonna get crushed. I have probably
0: boom. been yelling, jump,
1: <laughs> jump, dude, do it, go ahead.
0: Well, see, Perry King knows that he he bought the dope from him, but you can't. The whole thing that's underlined that they stress in this film is there's no witnesses. And and, that, and it really does come into play at the end. And, you know, well, we can't do it. No one saw him. So he's trying to get Michael J. Fox, you know, come on, yep. just let me know. Tell tell me Stegman. That's coming to the a Tell him there's this gang that sold the dope. And, well, they chase down Michael J. Fox and this nerd girl that he's friends with that plays the trombone or whatever. And, you know, Perry King and Roddy McDowell, for some reason now, are in a carpool together. They see him, and they try to break up this fight. So... That's when Stedman's gang, they just, break. They don't, I don't know, they mustn't have broken into the school. They just go in there and, you know, they kill all the animals and Roddy McDowell's, like, rabbits and dogs and everything. They just skin them alive and leave them hanging in the biology room.
1: Oh, man, and, and when they discover it, you know, and and throughout the, the, the whole movie, it's set up, you know, you got a couple little scenes where Roddy McDowell is, is, is just caring for his rabbits and talking about how much he loves them and stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's a real heartbreaking scene when... When they when they when they skin the rabbits and um I I remember seeing on the commentary I think or on one of the in, behind the scenes interviews um about they, they did they use real they used um, real animals yeah they, they used real animals I mean and they look I mean like you know the one that's like on the um looks like on a rotisserie kind of thing you know yeah you know? over the
0: beaker like on the skewer yeah.
1: on a skewer that one is like dude, that's a real skinned animal they got from uh, like a taxidermy place or something I think is what they in
0: and like, McDonald's like plays it so perfectly.
1: Yeah, and it's like, oh man, it is it is gnarly looking stuff and that's when Ronnie uh, Rodney McDowell loses it and decides to teach class by gunpoint.
0: Yeah, and he's a guy you know, he puts the gun, he's like if you know, if you don't get the answer, I'm gonna kill you and everything and at that point in time he just snaps and in one of the strangest things, he decides, you know, he's just gonna go kill all these kids, you know, after school. He knows everybody.
1: Oh, do the car chasing is crazy.
0: Right. Yeah, he just keeps. Ch- Unfortunately, I don't understand how his car exploded just by hitting another car. But I you know.
1: love, I love that in movies how your car flips over, it explodes. That's yeah. You know, like your car. Oh, your car's upside down. Well, it's gonna explode. It's gonna, it's gonna blow up. Like, get out of there! Not, then it's just like Grand Theft Auto. You know, like you know, you got too many hits. It's gonna explode.
0: Yeah, He keeps trying to chase them all down, and he ends up missing. And he it, rather than just hit another car and his car stall, he flips over the car and it blows up.
1: Because it's upside down. That's the rule Dude, your car goes upside down, it blows up.
0: Hey, about this time, they have a detective there. He's talking to Perry King, and and that's when it sets everything in motion. Out of that, actually, I actually missed this great scene when Perry King tells um he tells Timothy Van and he's like, "I know you killed these animals. So I should kill you myself." And you know he's, he's holding them by the throat, like, but you know he's still a teacher. He doesn't want to pummel this seventeen-year-old kid. And, and so Timothy Van Patten's like, "Yeah, I knew you didn't have it in you. Otherwise, you'd have done this." And he beats the fuck out of himself, his
1: face into the. Into the mirror. Oh man.
0: He'd bust his head on the sink. Uh, just fucks himself up and then he wipes his blood all over Perry King's hand and the security guard comes in. Look what he did to me, man, he's crazy. I'm pressing he's trying charge. To kill
1: me. He's trying to kill me.
0: <laughs> Which was ripped off in Fight Club by Ed Norton.
1: <laughs> oh totally. And you know, and I gotta say, um, you know, his, his character reminds me a lot of uh um, especially when he starts getting all crazy like, Oh he's trying to kill me you know uh uh of of what's his name uh Luther i think it was is was Luther in uh um the warriors yeah yeah yep. right. like, yeah. yeah like, it was the warriors who did it i mean like the whole they kind of they, they those characters kind of remind me a lot of each other
0: and every time he does something bad, he keeps telling, you know, Perry King, like, yeah, you got no witnesses. So Perry King goes to his house, takes his car down the parking garage and just smashes Mashes the it. fuck out of it. And then he's like, I know you fucked up my car. And like, yeah, you got no witnesses, you know. Yeah, so that's,
1: that's an epic scene right there, man. You know, he fucks his car up. Oh, man, that's a pretty car, too. He just destroys it.
0: And, uh, you know, he sees my, You know the detectives talking to him because, you know, they're pressing charges on Perry King and, uh, you know they're getting ready for a big recital at the school, and Michael J. Fox is walking out of class and saying, "Hey, this is one of my star pupils. I want you to meet him." Well, they see this cop talking to Michael J. Fox, go, like, "Oh, okay, he ratted us out. He, we got to take care yep. of him." So they actually, you, this is if you're not a Michael J. Fox fan, you get to see him get shanked right in the liver in this movie.
1: Oh yeah, and and the kid that's actually wants in the gang, man, it's, it's the it's the fourteen year old. They're like, "Oh, you want to be in the gang? You got to do something." Got to shank Michael Fox, you know. Boom,
0: and he does. He leaves him laying in a puddle of blood.
1: Yeah, that kid's tough, man. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be part of the gang. You know, I'm a future punk rocker."
0: Stabs. and then for some odd reason, now they're they're even more mad. So they, and here's the part where it does get a little more
1: ridiculous.
0: Um, they break into Perry King's house, and they gang rape his pregnant wife, and take pictures of it. Oh yeah. So they're incriminating themselves. Now they're, 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 their emotions have got the better of them.
1: Yeah, they're just super pissed, you know, although they're winning.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Perry King's getting ready to do his thing at the school, and he gets a picture of his, you know, wife getting, you know, a train pulled on or so. And they take his wife, too. I forgot to leave that out. Yep. So, you know, it culminates where he's in the – the school's basically empty Everybody's in the auditorium, but he's, you know, following this gang around who has his wife, and he finally – because he really was kind of a bitch, in, in my opinion, all they did to him. But that's when he finally snaps and he 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 kills all these kids.
1: Oh yeah, and and he does a I mean and the kills are great. I mean the you know the table saw saws the guy's arm off. You know, I mean, I mean it's some good stuff.
0: He burns the one to death.
1: Yeah, and yeah. then you know of course uh, the the ending you know uh, you know um, uh, Stigman gets it is, is fantastic. That's, that is... I don't know. Should we give it a... Do yeah, a, do he's, a,
0: he's like hanging, falls through a window, and he's right above where this recital is going, and he's yeah. hanging on, and he's like, yeah, hey, you can't let me fall. I'm just a kid. Yeah, it's a, it's like, like
1: a big skylight over the, the, the recital auditorium.
0: With all these cords and everything, and Perry King's actually going to help him back up, and he... Because uh, he's a bitch, and he, yeah. he pulls out a, a blade... And he goes to cut his hand. Perry King just lets him go, and he, you know, crashes through the sky. He dies, you know, in front of all these people, and then he's hanging,
1: you know, a, you know, in front of the whole audience and above the above the recital. And everyone's like, ah, you know, which is pretty sweet.
0: And the perfect graphic is like Andy Norris. That's Perry King's name. Was never charged with any of his murders, as there was no witnesses.
1: That's fantastic. It was a great way to end it.
0: Because obviously, no one looked up where he fell and saw Perry
1: King and his wife. Now oh, just there. walked away. <laughs> Uh let me take a real quick break. Hold on one second.
0: Alright, fans, we're we'll gonna take a break. We'll be right back with the next part.
2: Men fear him. Ladies love him. He's up there. And now he's back for his most dangerous machine yet. Machete kills. That's what he does. Machete. There's no bad man, south the border. I am a genuine high caliber fucker people upper.
0: He's got a missile pointed right up our ass.
2: <laughs> Machete, I got a wild idea. Shoot that motherfucker! Damn, you're good. On October 11th, he can't beat my army of super soldiers. Holy fuck. Hey, Hola, motherfucker. <laughs> When the shit hits the fan. He's the blade. I blew my wild lover boy. And let you have all the fun. You can't beat me. I know your every move. Nobody knows what you did. Encore. Machete Kill. Machete! Welcome to Tromaville High, an average American high school with one exception. It's located only one mile away from a nuclear power plant. They said it was 100% safe. But they were wrong. There's no danger, Governor. We have the situation well in hand. Welcome to the class of Newcomb High. Yes, at Newcomb High, strange things are happening. The Honor Society has changed from a group of clean-cut preppies into a vicious gang of cretins. We're the youth of today. The teenage student body is transformed into horrifying mutations. And physical education has turned into a nightmare of violence. Class of Newcomb High Introducing Warren and Chrissy I love you Two young lovers caught in a world gone mad I ah. have to die The class of Newcomb High Yes at Newcomb High anything can happen And does the class of Newcomb High, where you'll learn the three R's reading, writing, and radiation. the most explosive action of the year <laughs> the class of newcomb high rated r
0: Take a quick break as we're. Any closing words? I guess on Class of 1984.
1: Class of 1984. Watch it. It's a great movie. Um, you know, Actually, I looked it up. Uh, the the budget on that was four point three million back in uh, back in the day. And I think you know you can see it. I mean, it, it it holds up very well. It's uh it's a really well produced movie. Good acting, you know, high production value. It's not, it's not cheesy, really, in, in, in any real way. No, it's. I
0: mean, a lot of people think, you know, Class, you know, you're the word class, you think like Class of Newcomb High, that kind of schlock, but a fun movie, but schlock. But this is actually a very well-done, well-acted film.
1: <laughs> and actually, I was reading it, which I haven't seen Class of Newcomb High in a long time, but apparently Class of Newcomb High was, was pretty much a parody of Class of 1984. They even used the We Are the Future uh, lines in there, and, so, and you see it spray painting on the walls and stuff. So apparently, Class of Newcom High was heavily influenced by uh, Class 1984.
0: Class 1984 fans, if you're wondering, you can buy it for eight dollars and ninety eight cents. Uh, but the version we're talking about is uh, the collector's edition. It's got a sleeve over it. Um, Anchor Bay put it out, and I don't know if that's the one you get. Um, I do believe. This is the Anchor Bay version. It's 898, but I don't think it has the special features or the little booklet with it.
1: Well, you know, it's just, I think it has a reversible cover, too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think it's, like, just the black with the purple spray paint, and then you can also see the the one with, like, the punkers on it.
1: Yeah, I have the punkers on it on, on, on my... I think that's the way I have it set up right now.
0: And, yeah, I mean, you can get the 898, brand new. Uh, it doesn't have a Blu-ray release. Looks like there's a lot of... It looks like a lot of other companies have put it out since Anchor Bay. Uh another company called Cult Fiction has put this out. Uh they're charging twelve dollars and ninety eight cents. Um,
1: anywhere you spend nine to thirteen dollars on this, it's well well, well, well well invested money.
0: Yeah, it's very good. I have a T shirt actually, so
1: Oh, I do too.
0: Where it's 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 got the punkers on it, it says We are the future.
1: Yeah, That's the one I got.
0: Yeah, mine's black and white. I don't have a color one, unfortunately. Same
1: here. I probably got it from the same guy.
0: <laughs> Fast custom shirts.
1: Uh, I bought it at a convention, and I don't remember what the shirt company was called, but
0: that's where I got mine at. Uh, yeah. it's it's a very fun movie. I would uh, I'd recommend it to anyone, especially if you're. I had discovered it because, like I had said, I was a punker, and you know you're always looking for a punk rock movie. Well, sadly, back then there wasn't a lot to choose from. You had this. You had Suburbia. Yep. Uh, Decline of the Western Civilization, Sid and uh, Nancy,
1: The Fabulous stains That was very hard to find.
0: I think that's it.
1: There, there's a few others in there, I'm sure. You, you had a, you know, a Dead End Driving, uh, you know, and then you had uh, uh, Return of the Dead, uh, but that came out a little bit later.
0: Oh, don't forget the great Josh Brolin thrashing,
1: thrashing escape movies.
0: I have that on DVD. I'm not ashamed to admit that.
1: Excellent. I've seen it. But not in about 10 years.
0: It's basically, I would say it's held up well because it. For what it is. For what it is, yeah. I mean, that's. Josh Brolin went on to great things.
1: He, he did, I mean, but uh, you, you're kind of surprised.
0: Yeah, he was. Because uh, you could clearly tell he does not know how to ride a skateboard. <laughs> it
1: wasn't, it wasn't, uh, and there was, you know, uh, uh, gleaming the cube, but then they had Rodney Mullen doing all the tricks on that one.
0: I didn't like that one. That had too much plot. Thrash was just about a bunch of skaters.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, remember Thrash? Is in that where he's like trying to impress the chick and they like, pants him while he's like rolling up doing some trick? Yeah. 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 And he's like, "Dude, you'll totally get her, dude, bro. Do a hot, you know, like some some trick name that doesn't even exist. Like, Do a hot dog, bro." And you're like, "What? It's a hot dog?"
0: And, and the red hot chili peppers are in it, so.
1: You know, it was, speaking of, of um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, my favorite movie that they that they appear in, which kind of fits the action elite crowd here, I think a little bit, um, is uh, the chase with Charlie Sheen.
0: Oh, they 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 were priceless when they popped up in that in the monster truck.
1: Oh, dude, they were so great. I mean, that movie. I mean, you got yeah, and you got Henry Rollins as one of the cops. You have got you know the Channel Eight News with a big eight ball. Yeah, oh, that's just a good movie, dude. Well,
0: and I like that because I mean, literally, the movie. You know, because the movie is a giant car chase, it literally is, and I think I had time to once, it, like, it takes all of six minutes to set up the car yeah, and chase, they only on, out, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's in he's in that convenience store, and he, he, he kidnaps the chick, and that's it, you're on, right, that's...
0: And Chrissy Swanson was really hot. I mean, they even fuck while he's during the car chase. Dude, and I
1: love if you look in the windows during during the sex scene. It's like it, the sky changes colors. Yeah, just around it's all serene looking. You're like, yeah, this is so great.
0: It's a great movie. I, I loved. It. I saw. I remember ironically, I saw it in the theater, and on my way there, I was listening to uh, the DRI self titled album, their first one.
1: Nice, nice. And I, and I love, I love uh, Henry Rollins where he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't prefer. Uh, uh, police officer, uh, we call ourselves standard-issue street soldiers.
0: <laughs> what if you notice he's, like, completely to cover up his tats? He's, like, all the other cops are in short sleeves. He's wearing the full-on long-sleeve shirt buttoned all the way up to his neck.
1: Oh, yeah, it looks ridiculous.
0: Because he's, he's heavily tatted.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was, they're like, you ever shine, buddy? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a great actor. I think he really is. I will say, for what he does, he's a very good actor.
1: What else has he been
0: um, he was fantastic as one of the skin and muscle in um, Sons of the Anarchy I thought he was amazing I didn't see I
1: haven't seen any of Sons of the Anarchy stuff
0: uh, season 2 he's in the whole thing ok he was he did that he was in a kids movie with Michael Keaton where he was the snowman Jack Frost he has like a phobia of snowmen which I thought was he was really funny in oh, that I didn't have,
1: didn't have, that's funny
0: yeah. uh, just to see Henry Rollins in a kids movie is am- amusing
1: that's ridiculous uh, was
0: he in Johnny Mnemonic was he in that one I think he was
1: I did once again the movie I did not watch.
0: That you're not missing anything. He's been an. I mean, okay, thing.
1: you know, you got Keanu Reeves, you got way too much sci-fi, a lot of CGI. You know, I'm just out right there, boom. <laughs> I mean, there's I like three Ki- strikes against it.
0: I like Keanu. I'm not. I'm the sci-fi. I'm really. You can count it on the hand.
1: I'm not a sci-fi. That's the thing is the sci-fi and CGI are much bigger demerits than Keanu Reeves for me. Like Keanu Reeves, I'm not a real fan of, but I don't. You know, everybody says how such a bad actor he is, but I don't think he's that bad. Really, I,
0: I, he doesn't stretch. I, I mean, how many name a Keanu Reeves movie you've seen where you can say, "Boy, it stunk." They're all entertaining.
1: Uh, I did see. Uh, I did see. Um, uh, what was it called? The uh, Matrix Two, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's not very good. that's
1: Pretty bad. I would say that's that one's up there.
0: Henry Rollins. Let's look him up. He's. Let's see what Henry Rollins. He was in Heat with Robert. De, really, he was in Heat with Robert De Niro. He's been in 44 cameos. cameos. How many? 44 uh, to his title here. He's got a lot of of
1: cameos. cameos.
0: Yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, Yeah, this is a short. Yeah, there's the Chase, Johnny Mnemonic, Heat. No, he's got a name in Heat. He's Hugh Benny.
1: right.
0: Lost Highway.
1: Oh, Lost Highway is a weird movie, man.
0: There's there's Jack Frost, uh, Desperate but Not Serious. He did a lot of voices in a Batman Beyond cartoon. Okay. I'm trying to think. There's an episode of the Drew Carey show as eBay ass-kicking guy. <laughs> That's right. He was the warden in The New Guy. That's a funny movie. Uh, he was a gang leader in Bad Boys 2. House on Haunted Hill remake.
1: I've seen that. I don't remember him being in that.
0: He was the coach in Feast.
1: Uh, um Like the Feast? Oh, he like the, the, the monster movie, right? Yeah, he yeah, was in that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
0: Uh, wrong Turn 2, I didn't see that.
1: I didn't see the sequel either.
0: He does a ton of voices.
1: Well, that kind of makes sense.
0: Uh, then a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he does a lot of voices and shit. He's currently doing the voice of the of Rainicorn in Adventure Time. I didn't know that was him doing the voice of Bob. My kid watches that. <sighs> He's yeah. Kilwog's voice in the Green Lantern cartoons. All right. He's keeping busy.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that, man. He did a lot of spoken word stuff, too.
0: I said, that's genius. It's like you know, I can't jump around on stage like I used to. I'll just charge people double the money and read my songs to them.
1: <laughs> I turn them into poems, and now
0: <laughs> And I get published, because I, like, I, I... like, like <laughs> Honestly,
1: like I really liked uh, uh, what Chatner did with his spoken word stuff with uh, Ben Folds 5. I thought that was some cool stuff. It's
0: genius, if you think about it. Yeah. Instead of putting a lyric sheet out you print it out of the book and sell it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's,
0: it's awesome. I saw it. I, we went to a, a Rollins-spoken word here. It was packed.
1: Was it? Yes. Does it, yeah, he yeah, does it here at, at the Crest all the time, and that's like a thousand-seat theater, and I think it sells out.
0: Uh, he hasn't been here a long time, though, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, I mean, I think he was here two years ago. So
0: He usually sticks around and signs stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. I mean, you know, much more uh, than uh, dancing.
0: He'll actually sign copies of Henry and Glenn forever.
1: That's what I've heard. He doesn't, he doesn't read it, but he'll sign it.
0: Yeah, he said, I've never read it. He said, I think he said, I've looked at it. I don't know. Freedom. I think he's always just big-ass freedom of speech.
1: It's funny, man. That you know, I you, How can you not have a sense of humor about that? That's just hilarious.
0: I wonder what Glenn thinks of it.
1: I'm sure he's not happy about it.
0: I don't think Glenn takes anything. I don't think Glenn has fun with anything.
1: No, I don't think so either. Do you see that, one, that clip of him uh, at a concert recently where... Someone's filming on their phone, and he's trying to get him to stop. Mm-mm. And he's telling them, you know, he's like, is he waving his finger no at him off from stage while he's singing, you know? And this guy's filming on his phone, you know? He's like, no, he's like, you put it away, put it away. And he, and he gets on the microphone and tells everybody to beat his ass. <laughs> to beat this asshole's ass, you know, don't put his phone away, bootleg at like my concert, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, what, dude?
0: I wonder if that dude knocked him out like that fucking bouncer did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fat guy...
0: That, I like him. He got sucker punch. Like no, there was no sucker punch involved. He he got bad with that dude and had to punch him right in the fucking face.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It, he, there's no sucker punch. It was bang. I got hit. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he provoked that. He started the whole thing. He
1: shoved him. Yeah. Yes. Dude, it, it, it's like you know that was a sad fan. That was a sad day for dancing fans. But you know, it, it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, he might be. Just because you got big muscles, don't make you a tough guy.
1: Oh, I do. Honestly, like, if I had to get in a, I got a lot of fights growing up, and, and, like, you know, like, the little dude that has an attitude problem versus the big guy who, like, everyone's afraid of, uh, you know, I take the big guy any day of the week. Because the little dude with an attitude problem, and, and I'm not saying that Danzig like, doesn't fit that type too, but he got so puffed up. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, dude, the dude, the big dude that everyone's scared of probably never had to fight anybody. You know, the little dude. That's skinny and has an attitude problem. that probably had to fight a whole lot of guys yeah. that way. You know, it's like, that guy's way going to be way tougher than the big dude, you know?
0: And Glenn's all published, with I'm a black belt in Jeet Kune Do, And I'm like, Nah, eh, shut yeah. up.
1: Yeah, you know, whatever, dude. Go your kick.
0: Yeah, man, he's He's really fat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, and it's so, it's so funny. He wears, like, the muscle shirts and stuff on stage. It's like, dude, stop it.
0: Yeah, it's like that. You needed to switch to T-shirts a few years back.
1: Uh, yeah, dude, get a suit or something, man. Like, what yeah. are
0: you doing? <laughs>
1: I don't get it. Yeah, because your arms might still be big, but your gut's bigger, buddy. Yeah, he's he's
0: not looking in as good a shape as he used to.
1: No, no, no. He's he's not looking like the drawings and uh, you know Glenn and Henry forever. No, no. That's, uh, that's uh, Henry
0: Rollins is still actually pretty big. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. think he has a legitimate workout build more so than a steroid build.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back you know, like in the early Henry Rollins band days, he I think he was hitting some roids, you know. But I have to go back and look at again. But I remember him looking pretty kind of big, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, Henry's looking big, you know.
0: Now he's just probably a guy that just eats right and works out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, it's funny. I was just listening to Black Flag the other day. I was listening to TV Party, one of my favorite Black Flag songs.
0: Oh, that reminded me of the other quintessential punk rock movie, Repo Man.
1: Repo Man is on the list. Yeah, for sure.
0: Great movie, one of the few good Emilio Estevez films out there.
1: You know, I like that one. And what is what is the Emilio Estevez one? Um, it's like it's a comedy, and it's a Mighty pa- Ducks. No, not the Mighty Ducks. No, no, no. Uh, it's a comedy. It's like a parody. Uh, it's like an action movie parody. I remember. I remember. I mean, you'll know the name of this movie.
0: Loaded right Weapon.
1: Loaded Weapon. That's the one. I like that one.
0: Him and Sam Jackson.
1: Yep. There you go.
0: That's a good movie, I and mean, that's a National Lampoon movie.
1: Is it? Yeah. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One, right? Yep.
0: That's yep. Yeah, this is very cool. funny. I saw it in theater.
1: I love it when he's going through the gun magazine and just just the, the, the things are just falling. That little subscription card just falling out all around his ankles and shit.
0: Yeah, he's like buried up to his knee by the time he gets done with <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> it's so funny, man. I love. I gotta watch it again. That was a good movie.
0: Get my own that one. It's in the old uh, flapper crapper uh, DVD case, there's a the cardboard one.
1: <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah, it was
0: one of the first DVDs I bought
1: man, I hate those cardboard DVDs. Those are terrible.
0: They are. That's bad packaging.
1: Yeah, and then you got the little clasp that goes around the front of it, and, like, and it breaks always, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, God, what, what a piece of garbage. <laughs> it's like, you know And you know had to cost them more. Like, you know, like, they had to spend extra to make it that way.
0: Yeah, because it's hard more cheaper. than paper printout.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's like, you know, no good.
0: So now we've done 1984. Now, it took a while. It wasn't a sequel that came out in a few years. I want to say it was, well, it was every bit of ten years, wasn't it, before part two came out?
1: Oh, yeah. It was, it was a while, yeah.
0: I saw part two in the feed year.
1: It did. It did have a theatrical run, you know, uh, class of 1999.
2: 1998, six million violent incidents took place in American high schools, including 29,927 teacher fatalities. The public school system has been reduced to a battlefield, but the Board of Education has just found a solution. Tommy! The perfect solution. You're next, Mr. Cope. <laughs> The class of 1999 Where are you? The class of 1999 These androids were supposed to educate the students Battle droids Battle droids To graduate
0: is to survive Which the only similarities Is the same director And it's also at Lincoln High
1: At Lincoln High, man You know, Lincoln High is a tough place to grow up
0: and boy, did it deteriorate in the in the in the uh, what? Fifteen years in between films. There.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it is it is it is much worse now. And there's new designer drugs on the market. Punk rock's still in fashion, though. By the way,
0: it is. And and now the cops are even afraid to go in these uh, like crime zones. There, it's like it's lawless. A free,
1: it's a free fire zone.
0: Yes, free fire. Free and fire
1: zones. And Lincoln Highs right
0: in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, Lincoln highs in the so you know what? Why don't you build a new high school? That's my question.
0: Well, If you're in a free fire zone, why would you even go to school?
1: So, yeah, because then you have <laughs> 1999. That's why.
0: This one is 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 one of the most ridiculous films I've ever seen. Um, it,
1: it, it's like it's like they took Class 1984 and threw in Mad Max. That's it,
0: but I can tell you one reason why this movie is so great. This one's got Malcolm McDowell in it. That's Malcolm McDowell, who you follow at, at Real Loomis. And he's the principal of Lincoln High now. And he, uh, Stacy Keach, who it was smart in this movie and a mustache to cover up that creepy ass hair lip of his. Uh, Dude,
1: they, I mean, that's a great cast. they got Malcolm McDowell, Stacey, Pam Greer. I mean, come
0: on. Patrick Kilpatrick.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And even the kid, uh, the main gang kid, uh, Bradley Gregg,
1: and, I've and, seen a and, bunch
0: of shit. He's actually and, really good.
1: And isn't he just totally like they needed a Corey Feldman, but they couldn't afford him? Like, I mean, that's him to me. You know? Pretty much. They prob- at yeah, like, that time you know, they probably
0: they wondered they couldn't afford Feldman, and they probably didn't want him.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he was wasted at the time. Like, oh, we can't. We need a Corey Feldman, but we can't use Corey Feldman. We got this guy. He's like he's like a Corey Feldman clone, you know. And,
0: and they figure, okay, well, we're in a we're in a no we're in a free fire zone in this school we can't teach these kids, so what we're going to do is we're going to get these new lines, it's a weapons defense of androids that look exactly like humans, and they hired them as teachers.
1: Of course, and and teacher androids, and and it is now not just the educational department, it is the educational department of defense.
0: And if you misbehave, they'll fuck you up. They're robots.
1: They are cyborgs. I mean, this is like you know, you know this is like you know coming off the cusp of Terminator and shit. You know, so I mean, we have Terminators for teachers basically, and right. um, you they're know, not
0: the, cheap looking either.
1: Oh no, the budget on this was five. it's a five million dollar movie for you know when it came out, and that's a pretty big budget. I mean, they're blowing up cars all over the place in this movie. I mean, they've got custom built Mad Max looking rides. You know, I mean, they've got you know, they I mean the special effects are good. I mean, they, they hold up. I just watched this movie the other day, and I was like. Even like the, the couple cheesy stop motion parts still look pretty cool. I mean, they don't look like superimposed old shitty you know stuff. I mean, these, they, they, these hold up you know, and 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 uh, they definitely spend the money. And this was um, uh, a Vestron Pictures movie. Yeah, this is when Vestron decided you know they were they were you know one of the biggest home video labels period, and they were making tons of money, and they decided well we want to start producing big budget movies and, and compete with the big guys you know and. And this was one of, um, uh, the box office receipts on this was $2.5 million, Was You know, half the budget came back. And this was one of the, one of the uh, nails in the coffin for Vestron. This oh was uh, a big chance for him, and it, and it did not pay off. He made a fucking great movie. There I weren't the many movie. people
0: in the theater when I went and saw it, I can tell no,
1: you that. Yeah, no, it just the audience did not turn out for Class of 1999.
0: Well, because Class of 1994 didn't even get popular until maybe 10 years after this film. It you didn't know, get popular until that resurgence in the well, in the two thousands.
1: No, well, Mark Lester. I mean, the director. I mean, he honestly, he's a you know, he's a, a very underrated director. I mean, he also did Truck Stop Women. Anything by familiar with that? A Commando. I mean, Commando. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had some high. I mean, he's, he's doing like a lot of sci fi kind of stuff these days. You know, like a lot of like the Sharknado. I mean, he didn't do Sharknado, but that kind of thing. You like Pterodactyl and stuff.
0: Sharknado you know? is fucking awesome.
1: Um, You know, but he's doing a lot of that kind of stuff these days. But I'm saying, you know, like, like you, you find a Mark Lester movie, sit down and watch it. It's you're you're gonna have a good time. You're not gonna, you know, they're not they're good movies. You know,
0: and yeah, this one, it's the, the main guy in this one's name's Cody Culp, who's played by this Corey Feldman guy, Bradley Gregg, and he just gets being there. Reopening the schools, they're letting all these delinquents out of prison so they can because go they're overfull,
1: right? That was over,
0: yeah. Pool. They yep. they needed him out, and that, but that was part of the parole. If they got busted for doing drugs, for being in a gang, even you know, or, or not going to school, then they get shipped back to prison. So basically, he just has to go to school, and uh, you know, his gang wants him. You know, hey, when he coming back with us? Hey, I don't want to. I can't. I don't want Blackheart. popped. You know, hearts, yeah. That's right. Okay,
1: so it's the Blackhearts versus the Razorheads. Those are the two dominant you know gangs in the school.
0: And he used to be, like, the, one of the leaders of the Blackhearts, you know. and His brother's involved. I hated
1: his brother. I hated
0: that fucking kid. Oh, the,
1: the little whiny snot kid? Yeah. I,
0: I've seen him in a handful of movies. I fucking hate him in everything I see him in.
1: Yeah, he, and, but, I, he's, you know, and the role that they give him is he's, like, the little whiny bitch of a kid, you know, who's a drug addict now. And he's like, They're on Edge, man. That's the new designer drug, Edge.
0: It's just like a capsule they break and snort.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks like good stuff, you know. And then there's that one point where they're shoving all the capsules in the kid's mouth, you know. Uh, um, but you know, and I love the intro to the movie where where, where they give me the stats. They do it like in class of 1984, where it's like you know, you know it's, it's now 1999. You know, there's 170 thousand violent incidents break out in schools every year, and blah blah blah. You know, and they talk discuss the free fire zone, so it really sets it up to where you know you're in you're, you know class of 19, 1999. It's a shitty year for high school.
0: It is unless you're a punker.
1: And then, but you know, once and there's still punk rockers in 1999. And but I and you notice the gangs in the class nineteen ninety nine are like infinitely bigger. I mean they've just got like just tons of members.
0: Oh yeah, like the black heart they got like fifty five people in their game.
1: Seriously, and like where did they get the guns, man? Now, these guys these guys are, are they got weapons like, you know, like the military, dude, they've got, you know, just they they got know, rocket I,
0: launchers, blade throwers, everything's a semi automatic.
1: Oh yeah, dude, and they're and they're like and they've got a war zone, you know, they're like, oh I'll meet you down at the war zone. Which is okay. like down by the dock. You know, and that's where they just have, like, it's like their paintball range, but it's real. You know, they go, like, oh, it's where we go kill everybody. We have fights.
0: And he gets involved now The at Real Loomis there, Mac McDowell, he's got a hot-ass fucking daughter who goes to this school, and you know, she's hot, so she's about to get gang-raped. A lot of gang-raping in blinking High. And, Mark you know, Lester
1: does not shy away from gang-raping.
0: He doesn't. You know, this guy, Cody, he saves the girl from getting gang-raped, but You know, and they're in some classes together, so now his gang don't like him, because, you know, he's hanging out with the principal's daughter. And it's also
1: a violation of his parole for getting in any sort of physical confrontation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, So, you know, he takes a big risk saving the principal's daughter here.
0: Yeah, well, we won't report you because it was my daughter that you helped, you know, but you're still on mourning and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I got an echo there on my microphone, fans. Sorry.
1: Beating the mics down
0: and uh, get,
1: get amped up about class I I'm a I am I'm so.
0: pumped and uh, you know the teachers they see it like the one teacher the the older guy he uh he spanks one kid you know it's corporal punishment you know and they act up
1: oh the spanking is hardcore too it's like this robotic dum 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 dum, dum. You know, it throws them on the ground
0: well then the teachers become these robots become increasingly more violent so now they uh like the one like his friend that uh, Cody's friend is like some fucked up drug addict that uh uh, Patrick O'Patrick uh, he's the gym teacher robot he just fucking kills the kid he shoves all these pills in his mouth just fucking kills him
1: oh yeah and, and, and his fitness regimen that he makes uh, you know these guys do is insane you know give me a hundred push ups and he pushes them back down smashes their faces on the ground he's a hardcore you know he's, and he's all decked out in the wrestling gear you know and he's yeah. like you know, he is, he's a hardcore uh, wrestling you know gym teacher he's like the gym teacher from hell really Like I mean, just awful and uh, they
0: get the idea, you know, like, well, we're just going to all these kids. You know, they, they kill uh, Cody's brother, and they make it look like the rival gang did it. So then they figured they'd get all the gangs just to kill each other.
1: Yeah, the gangs against each other, yeah.
0: Which is a clever thing. It's mili- cause that's military. That's they a like
1: war zone, you know, duking it out.
0: And Cody sees him there. He's like, why, why are these teachers there? So he goes to gun the one down, and well, you know, the robots they don't die, that's when he starts putting two and two together, you know, they break into the teacher's apartments, and they uh, they see all that's there, it's like gasoline, propane, In shit, like WD the oil. WD-40, like a <laughs>
1: whole bunch of WD-40, you know, one of those product placement on that one, like, WD 40 on here is a sponsor.
0: And they just decide to, you know, that now they put it together, so they team up with the other gangs, like it's these teachers that are doing it, so, I mean, the culmination is these teachers who now have you know Patrick O'Patrick has a, for some reason now he's developed a chain gun hand and everything. And there's like a hundred gang members fighting all these robots in the school.
1: Oh yeah, and and, and you know I love the line. He's like, let's go in there and waste some teachers. teachers. Yeah, dude. You know, and yeah, Patrick O'Patrick's hand is it's not just like a it's like a rocket launcher, man. I feel like a rocket set shoot out of his, is, is, is you know, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, um, it's great. Oh, yeah, and, and, and like I'm saying, the effects hold up. I mean, it, it is like Class of 1984 on steroids is, like, what it is, you know. And uh, uh, it's a lot of fun, man, and it's never never a dull moment. And, uh, you know, actually, the acting stuff, you know, it's pretty good. Um, I noticed one of the um, uh, one of the scientists that, you know, are controlling the, 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 the android teachers uh, who dies pretty early on, this short, bald guy with glasses. I mean, he's a character actor. He's all over the place. He's been in Seinfeld, all kinds of stuff. So you, you'll recognize that guy. I don't know what his name is, but...
0: Pam Greer, everybody knows Pam Greer.
1: Oh, and I love the scene where Pam Greer just puts her heel through the guy's foot. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, big ass heels. It's a lot right through the guy's foot. You know, student won't won't cooperate. Shrub the heel through the foot.
0: And yeah, they blow her up because he likes all the bun, bun, uh, buns and burners.
1: Yep. Although that's one thing I did notice uh, in repeat viewing that the, the, one of the effects that doesn't hold up so well is when you know her chest basically gets blown off. So you have this big robotic chest. But when you see her from a long shot, like, she's way thicker than she normally is. Yeah, it's...
0: And, and the movie, ironically, the movie on VHS release, Blockbuster had an edited version of it. Oh, really? actually, a, it yeah, they cut it a little bit. I think the Lionsgate had put it out with one of the worst DVD covers I've ever seen in my fucking oh, life. Oh, that's
1: one I have, yeah, with... Why they t- they took... You know, it has a pretty cool original couple posters for it, but they, they took you know, like, the cyborg image of... I guess it's supposed to be Patrick Kilpatrick, I guess. You know? Yeah. uh, Photoshop, smeary-looking... They're trying to pawn it off as, like, ooh, this is a new robot movie that looks like total shit that was made for five bucks. It's like, what? How is this going to... Dude, don't put it out that way. No one's going to buy it. The original
0: cover was great.
1: Oh, yeah. if you look at the forum posters... There's a couple of Captain Kilpatrick with, like, his arm up, with, like, you know, all, you know, uh, turned into half-cyborg man. It's yeah, that's, uh,
0: I used part of that for the graphic for this show.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, this, but the movie is, it's it's eight bucks.
1: <laughs> Dude, you can get, and there's, there's like, a 12-pack, I think you can get it on with a whole bunch of other movies, too.
0: Never got into buying those big pack movie things.
1: Well, I'll do it when, um, you know, like, like if, if I didn't already own Class of 1999 and I saw that it was on there, I'll buy it because I should want Class of 1999, and they'll go, okay, well, there's like 11 other movies. Yeah. And if there's something good on there, cool, I'll, I'll just check them out. You know, I, I always buy it first. I don't just go and go, oh, I'll take the horror pack, you know. you know, There's got to be a movie on there I, I want to see.
0: Yeah. This one, I, just, I didn't even know it was getting released. I just happened to be at uh, Best Buy one day and was like oh my fucking god and i bought it right away cuz my wife had never seen it and i was like and she actually even really liked it too
1: same here i i found it at a prize i was just sitting on the shelf I was like oh i got to get it and i think i paid 7 bucks for it yeah yeah i mean it's it's very cheap uh, very well and the co- I, I had to make sure i was like dude is this like a remake that they went direct to video cuz the cover looked so shitty and i was like do tell me they did a remake class of 1999 i was like no this is the original a movie sweet
0: yeah, like, it was like when Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth, one of my favorite action films, got released. The, the DVD cover was like the Capitol building, which he was nowhere near. And then like him holding a gun with like a target and all that. I was like, what the fuck? Why do they change the artwork on these things?
1: Oh, who knows? Like, th- 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 their, their idea is that, you know, if we use an old poster, we're going to alienate new customers because they don't want to see an old movie. These guys just assume nobody wants to watch anything that wasn't made brand new. It blows my mind because the majority of the stuff we put out is, you know, classic catalog, you know, type stuff. I mean, Hardware Wars from 1977 was one of our big releases. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's like, and these new shitty, like, you know, when I go to try and sell to like a Family Video, like I don't know if you have this out where you're at, but yep. yeah, that's one, yeah, that's one. Family last Video that
0: closed around here actually,
1: and Family Video is one of the last remaining rental chains. That's an actual video store. You know, they're they're still pretty big. But man, you you go to Family Video and you show them, you know, Hardware awards and they all they're just like, nah, they don't, not, we we don't want anything that's you know less than two years old. And it's like, so they make these shitty covers to to try and fool customers that this is a new movie, because they think that's what they want. No, that's just some sales exec going, no, that's what we need because we have some sort of chart that says this is what we want. It's fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, but this covers so bad. I'm 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 looking to find like one of the Japanese arts or something, and then just. Print it out and make my yeah, own. Put it new in cover. There.
1: Yeah, God. No. <laughs> I'll put yeah, it on the back. You know, like, yeah, they're not fooling anybody. Like, I mean, I, I almost legitimately thought, like, was this like a cheap directed video remake? Like, oh, man. You know, like, when I first saw this on the shelf, I was like, this looks bad. You
0: know? And it's a hard arm. Both these movies are hard R. You know, bad language, nudity, graphic violence. Um, they're they're great. Um, I'm hoping the people that listen to this show, I'm thinking, I don't really know, because. You know, this is only like the fourth piece of the action show. I'm, I'm thinking we skew an audience in the, uh, probably beginning in the, around your age, you know, in the, our age, and you know, on in the mid to upper 30s. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that they're familiar with this. If they're not, I mean, fans, if you're not, buy both these movies. I mean, I just told you the Amazon price is $8 and $9. I mean, for... And,
1: and I think they're probably movies that, you know, people may be familiar with but overlooked. You know, a lot of people... I don't think, watched them. I mean, they definitely have a hardcore cult fan base now, but, I mean, once again, I mean, you know, like, you can tell what Lionsgate thinks of the property. They're like, oh, we'll put it out on a $7 disc with a shitty cover. They didn't even do, like, any bonus features, you know, so they don't think it's a property that's worth much, but I think there's a lot of people out there that that would love this movie that probably just skipped over it because they saw, you know, like, oh, it's some shitty movie with a horrible cover. Even,
0: like, when it came out, oh, is it Terminator 2 ripoff and all that, which it's not.
1: But, and uh, it's not. I mean, there definitely is. You know, that was the the marketing standpoint with the, with the Terminator type features, but it's definitely not a you know just a Terminator knockoff. At all. I
0: think it's better than Terminator Two. I
1: haven't that's seen it. Terminator Two since it was in theaters, but I I've always been a you know I never went back and bought it. I, I went back and bought Class of Ninety Nine as soon as I could. You know, because it's more it's fun. Yeah, it's a fucking awesome movie. Um, but yeah, so that you know that's my feelings on Class of Nineteen Ninety Nine. I I love it. Um, I I honestly, you know, I love both movies. I think 1984 is a little bit darker um, and a little more serious, and 1999 is just crazy. Um, But if you're looking for the more fun of the two, I would say 1999 wins, and so that's probably why it's my favorite of the of the two. But 1984 is, is just as strong, but just different ways.
0: There is a sequel made. To the class in 1999. Substitute. So, sorry, uh, one of my favorites is Sacha Mitchell from Kickboxing and Step by Step fame. Uh, there you go. Lester didn't make it, though. Um, no. It's uh, it's, it's okay. Falls apart. Yeah, I, and the other thing that falls apart is the majority of it doesn't take place at a school. So. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I saw it once, and, and you know, I don't even really remember it that well. I just remember going, oh man, I was so excited for the sequel, and it was.
0: Had a, it, it, it it had what a lot of movies back in that era the straight to video a uh, problem with is they use so much stock footage of yep. the, of the previous film that it it to me it cheapens it.
1: Oh yeah. Not Definitely. as bad. I mean, it's as, fine opening scene and the moving on. That's okay. But you know when you are constantly going back. You know, it's like, yeah.
0: What's the one movie I don't like it everybody Silent Night Deadly Night 2 The first forty five minutes is scenes of part one.
1: Yes, it is. Yes. I it mean is. That, that's yes. that's dirty to me. Um,
0: Class nineteen ninety nine. So it's a way
1: to make a cheap sequel. It is. Um, yep.
0: Like I said, if, if you fans, if you haven't, if you if you like part, you don't have to see part one of this to see part two. The only similarities is it's the director, and Lincoln High. There's, it's not like uh, Perry King's grandfather's teaching or anything. There's no, there's, and, and, there's there's no similarity.
1: And the funny thing about it to me was that they called it Class nineteen ninety nine part. To the substitute, even though really it's part three of the series, you know. So it's like, okay, obviously it's a direct sequel to 1999, but you know, um, when, when did that come out? Was that past 1999, or was that still in? the I before? think that was
0: was that maybe well, that would have still been in the 90s, yeah. Okay, so it was before
1: 1999. I couldn't remember. I was hoping that it actually came out before then. You know, I would
0: have just called it like class of 2013 or something. You know, I mean, yeah, I just exactly. kept, you know, just keep Stop. going. <laughs>
1: You know, um, but uh, you know, yeah, Class of '99 Part Two, the substitute. I, I had high hopes, but uh, it, it falls short.
0: That, that's a harder one. They never got it. You, it's it's got a DVD release, but it's like a it's not over here. It's like you know, region two and three.
1: Yeah, probably because uh, what's his name, Cody, right? From uh, Step by Step. It's, it's, uh, great, yeah, he's probably for there, there. You
0: know, I like him. I thought the kickboxer movies with him were better.
1: Oh, kickboxer was way better than Class of '99 2.
0: Oh, and he's he was Cody.
1: He's Cody. Um, yeah. So uh, you want to talk about a couple of the other movies that I have on uh, on the Abrenza Films label before? Yes,
0: it let's let's do that. Well, also too, I wanted to find out for people with short attention spans where we can find you again.
1: All right. Yeah. Definitely check out thegrindhouse.net. That's with thegrindhouse.net. That's the of uh, Films official store. Um, and there's a couple other you know uh, action films that we have. I think that this this. This fan base would totally dig, and they may not know about. Um, the first one that we talk about uh, is, is Death Promise from 1977. Um, this starred uh, a real a real life uh, uh, karate a karate guy, uh, Charles Bonet and he was. They, they thought everyone thought he was going to be the next Chuck Norris, and this was his big pilot. Uh, you know, this was his big film. They're going to, you know, Death Promise is going to you know, make Charles Bonet the next Chuck Norris, and it didn't happen. Um, this was his only movie that he did, uh, it, 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 it is a great, cheesy, uh, Kung Fu movie from 1977, and it takes place, um, where, you know, it takes place in, uh, I believe it's supposed to be New York, um, and, uh, maybe Chicago, it's one of the big cities, uh, on the East Coast, and, uh, these, this, these, rich landlords, you know, they've got these big buildings, and they're trying to get the tenants out, you know, because they gotta, you know, they gotta sell the buildings for, for big money, you know, and, The tenants won't leave, though. They're like, no, we're not going to break our leases. We've got this, you know, for another five years. And they're just filthy, shitty slums, right? And so the landlords do all kinds of stuff to try and get these tenants out. I mean, hardcore stuff. They throw rats in the hallways. They set buildings on fire, you know, all this stuff, you know. And Charles Benet lives in one of these shitty buildings with his dad. And his dad, you know, has got a real gruff against the landlords. He speaks up and he gets gets axed. You know, And, and Charles Benet and and a couple of his other buddies, they, they got to up their kung fu skills and take down the filthy rich landlords. Yeah. I mean, and it's good. I mean, and it's got...
0: How the fuck have I not seen this movie?
1: How have you... That's what I'm saying. It was a real regional film from the 70s. And, you know, guys I talk to from the East Coast tend to really know it. And beyond that, you know, it's it's just one of those obscurities that kind of just was hit the driving circuit and was gone, you know. And um, it's, got its, it's got its own... You know, kind of funk theme song. Death promise. Oh, it's so good. You you'll love it. And they all, they all walk kind of hell fast. You know, so they're, they're all they're almost running, and walking all the time because they're, they're on a mission. They're ready to, to. They got they got a death promise and they're gonna fulfill it. And uh, there's there's a great scene where they they put a, a bag of rats over one of the, one of the guys heads and they chew off his face. You know,
0: I'm looking at it now on Amazon. It's a fucking awesome cover.
1: Yeah, and the, yeah, the cover's very cool. Yeah, you know, that's, you know you can see they were they were really pushing it, man. It's uh, it's good. So check out Death Promise if you get a chance. You pick it up on Amazon or you get directed to grindhouse.net and save a couple bucks. Um, and then the two other movies that I have out uh, that uh, I think definitely fall into this this, this group's uh, level of fun is uh, The Crippled Masters 2 and The Crippled Masters 3. And I don't know how many Action Elite guys are familiar with The Crippled Masters series, um, but there's four of them. We have Part 2 and 3. And it's they all star the same two guys Frank Chen and Jack Khan. One guy's got no arms. One guy's got no legs. He's came out of the um, the uh, out of Hong Kong in the 1970s and 80s. And it stars the same two guys. And and they actually really are uh, cripples. And they're actually really really good at kung fu. And they team up and they become you know kind of a one man show. You know as uh, as you would say you know one guy in the other guy's back. And they do just crazy stuff. You know the guy with no arms. Is really good with a short staff. He flips between his toes and this little nub he has on his shoulders. And the, you know the the, uh, the choreography of all these fights are really really you know centered around these guys is just you know uh, handicaps and, and you know so like you know the guy with no legs will slide underneath the bench, hop back up on top of it. You know it does kind of like this crab stuff and it's just wild wild crazy stuff that you're never going to see again. I mean these were definitely you know uh, very unique films for the time. And the Cripple Masters too is really funny because they have uh, they,
0: they,
1: they take care of this blind girl who's on the run from these gangsters who are trying to kill her. You know, and she's temporarily blinded, they sprayed her in the face with something, and the the two are two handicapped heroes that fall in love with her, but they don't want her to know that they're handicapped. So the whole time they're trying to work this way around, you know, that that that, that they're not handicapped, you know, they're trying to hide it while she's blinded so she doesn't know. And, um, and it's really bizarre, and and they fight off these gangsters for and all this stuff, and then you know of course she her, her vision comes back, she finds out that they're you know these two guys with no arms and no legs, and and, and they have a monkey though, they do have a monkey in that one, gotta and, have a monkey. And, and, and then Cripple Masters Three is 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 kind of you know that was into the eighties, and this one kind of was waving into the politically correct era, so it's a it's a really kind of bizarre installment of this exploitation series because it, it all centers around. Uh, the national day for the disabled, you know, and and so they have this big celebration while these disabled people. So it's kind of this kind of heartwarming, feel good, cripple masters movie. Um, and you know, basically the plot of this is, you know, and they're not really connected. It's just the same two guys over and over again. So the plot of this is they're moving from their rural homes and going into the city looking for work. And one's training for the kung fu championship at the same time, you know. And uh, he actually flies, and 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 it's just crazy, crazy. And the Kung Fu, they, they never skimp on the Kung Fu wild weirdness in these movies. And so there are two movies I can never get enough of. And I think, um, you know, uh, uh, action fans will be blown away as, you know, these are truly, you know, there's only four of these movies in existence. And, and, and two of these two are, uh, of, of the series, I think Cripple Masters 2 has the most wild action, the coolest stuff going on in it. And part three is just such a unique entry in the series with the politically correctness, how it's trying to... Not the exploitation, but still is, you know, and and it's it's it, it's it's just they're just super fun.
0: And these are all available at what's that website again?
1: TheGrindhouse.net. Remember the word of the, at the beginning, uh, TheGrindhouse.net. Go there, you can pick them up. They're all reasonably priced. I think we've got uh, Game of Survival for twelve ninety five. Death Promise is 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 nine ninety five. We have a combo pack for Criminal Master Two II and Three for twelve ninety five. So you can get out the door for under fifty bucks and buy all four.
0: And fans, just just so you know, I don't work for Apprehensive Films. Uh, Jonathan's a friend of mine, but uh, these are good movies. I'm not, I'm not, I don't get commission on these things.
1: Now, he came to me as a fan of some of these and was like, "Hey, you want to be on my show? I love you know." And then when I, when I brought Game of Survival, turns out he's a big fan of Game of Survival, and, you know. And and that's how we 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 we've kindled our friendship on based on these obscure, obscure action movies. movies. And I think
0: we've, we've done how many shows now together?
1: With five? Five, with five? six, something like that. Something like yeah. that yeah. We've done
0: quite a few. If, if we had more free time, we'd probably have done double that.
1: <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. But i gotta, um, I got to keep busy searching these movies out and getting them released.
0: How, before we go, how we, how we doing? I'm getting Martial Outlaw released.
1: Marshall Outlaw is probably hung up. I mean, I, last I looked, it was uh, Lionsgate has it, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to pony up the dough. Lionsgate wants to uh, release that. So it's, you know, write a letter to Lionsgate and say, hey, when's Marshall Outlaw coming up?
0: Do you think they would sell it to us for 100 bucks? No. Lionsgate.
1: you got to offer them a $100 advance to see what they say.
0: Because I think we could get that. We do that real good. I can even make the special features for it.
1: You, you, you throw up a Kickstarter, see what we get in the demand for. it.
0: That's good thinking. Maybe I didn't get Jeff Wincock to kick in and he's the star of it.
1: He's probably waiting for it to come out, too. He's like, when is this going to come out, man? Come
0: on. You kind of wonder if sometimes if celebrities ever, man, this movie ain't getting released. I'm just going to buy it from the studio myself.
1: Well, sometimes, it's, you know, a lot of times the studios just don't even realize that they've got I mean, Lionsgate's catalog is so big because they bought... They bought artisan entertainment. They bought you know, they bought Vestron catalog. They bought you know they bought up all these guys as they go out of business, and it's like their is so vast. They don't like, do oh, nothing man. with them though. Yeah, they just sit there,
0: which is stupid.
1: It's not a brilliant business move, no.
0: What about Impact? I mean, at least when uh, Shout Factory bought all that other stuff, they started put well. well, nobody's going to buy these four movies. We'll call them the Action Pack Movie Marathon and stick them out as one for $10. Exactly, bucks.
1: And, and, and that's why I'm saying like a lot of those, you'll find that one. You're like, oh, I've been waiting to see that for so long and I'll buy it and I'll get three other movies I've never heard of.
0: I mean, like, which kind of made me mad. I'm a big fan of Eye of the Tiger, Gary Busey, Revenge movie. And that was MGM. $100 that bad boy was worth. Shop Factory put it on a... When they acquired it, they put it out on a four-pack with three other movies, s- six bucks.
1: Yep, yep. So my
0: $100 DVD's worthless now, because this is actually, re- excuse me, remastered.
1: Yeah, yeah, now, now you're like, I should have sold a $100 DVD when I had the chance. It's a great movie. I recommend
0: anybody watch I Have a Tiger.
1: But yeah, you know, and, and, and a lot of those, you know, I mean, the, you know, and that's why if you look at Warner Archives, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with, with that. Yeah, they
0: suck. Just,
1: but man, they put out new movies every Tuesday. It's like, I mean, their archives are so deep they just keep releasing them, you know, and there are these movies that just, you know, we're sitting around. They oh, charge they too much. green though. slime. Oh, they, dude, dude, it's a that's the thing that's driving us. nuts. We've been doing print on demand. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, the fans. The Crippled Masters, those are movies that we saw a big potential. Those are fully replicated discs. Those are 100% ready to go. You know, that we do those in the factory. Those have got wide distribution, but we're not going to turn down little movies because we like them. You know, like Death Promises is a print on demand title. We're going to press 500 copies and that's all we're doing of it, and we press them as they come out. You know, like, as we get an order, we press more. So those are DVDRs, you know? But we've been doing that, that's been our business model since day one. We've always gotten criticized for that. You know, they're like, oh, you're putting out DVDRs, you're a bootleg company. They're not a bootleg company, we license them all the public domain. That's it, that's what we do, you know? And it's like, so we, you know, so it kind of drove me nuts when Warner Archive finally decided to come out and do the same thing. You know, they're like, oh, we're gonna print on demand, you know, all of our old movies that yeah, we don't think there's a big enough market for. But there is a fan base, like the Queen Slime. Like I just can't believe that they didn't replicate the green slime. That's crazy, you know. But, um, but then they but they charge twenty four twenty nine ninety five for these movies, and, and then they're just, and they're not even Blu rays. They're just DVDs. They're just DVD and they're print on demand DVD rs, and it blows my mind. And the fans are so excited. It's like I get criticized for doing it when we bring out Death Promise for you know twelve ninety five, you know, because it's a DVD. I'm like, well, we're not going to sell two thousand copies of it. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go bankrupt. Because you're a big fan and want it on a replicated disc, I'm sorry, you know, but we don't charge 24.95 for it. And then the fans criticize me for it, and, you know, criticize small companies that do stuff like that. What we do, you know, and then it's, and then it's funny. And then then Warner Archives finally brings out the Green Slime for 30 bucks, same same format, and they're like, oh, I'm so happy they at least finally brought it out. I'm like, what? Like how? Would, like I don't understand. Maybe the you know not to diss the fans. I, I love the fans, you know, and I'll take the good with the bad, but you know. It just blows my mind, like the the re, the reaction to the big companies versus the small companies. I don't understand. And a lot of times they'll sell the
0: rights off, like they were pressing. I come in peace and charging, like twenty two bucks, and then they sold it to Shout Factory.
1: Yep. Who then well, put it, it out on uh, Blu
0: Ray and charged these same people another twenty five bucks? Well,
1: and a lot of that too is 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 um uh you know when Shout Factory or or whatever you know, and I've done it you know back and forth two ways, but a lot of times they want to do package deals where it's like. Okay, well, like, like if I went to Lionsgate and said I want to license, you know, Slaughter High, they would say, yeah, we're not gonna license Slaughter High to you, you know, off, just one off is not worth it, you know, we don't want to drop all the paperwork. But if you're willing to take 15 movies off our hands, you pick five, we pick the other 10, you know, and the other 10 are crap movies, you know, and that's kind of how those packages work. So you end up spending all this money to, you know, license 15 movies when you only want five, but those five are worth enough that we, you know you'll pick up these other 10 for you know chump change. So that's how you end up with like you know uh, movies that have already been released on on, on the print on demand format or whatever, getting those other kind of releases sometimes.
0: At least, Shout Factory does their releases right. Uh, I think they also charge too much, but they at least do their stuff right as far as extras and everything.
1: You no, know, Shout Factory puts out a good disc. That's for sure.
0: They charge too much. I mean, they're charging twenty five bucks for these Blu rays of these obscure movies. And they put if they were putting out maybe one a month, but they put out. Just some months go by, and they put out eight titles.
1: Oh yeah, but mean, you know, and, and I understand the the, the consumer is going, oh, it's too expensive. And, but at the same time, I look at it from the business side of things. I know what the market is for a lot of these titles, and it's a lot smaller than people think it is. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, a lot. You know, like I knew a guy. I won't say who it was, but I knew a guy who who got into the business and was was releasing this really obscure Italian sci fi horror movie. And he went over there, did a new transfer from the negative. Everything was like, he thought he was going to sell 30,000 Blu-rays. He's like, for sure. And I'm like, I told him, I said, dude, you know, cause he came to me and we were talking about distribution and stuff. And I said, you know, you're never going to sell that many copies. It's just not, it's, it's not 1994, dude. And it's not a DVD. It's a Blu-ray. Like Blu-ray is 18% of the market what DVDs are, you know, and, and, you know, they spent a ton of money on a movie, you know, me and maybe five other guys that are listening right now have heard, you know, I mean, it's that obscure. And uh, they released it, and it was their one and only. And they brought out a DVD too on recommendation for me and a couple other guys. Saying, "No, you never get your money back on the Blu-ray sales," and that was it. They folded. They were like, you know, and they put out a beautiful edition of this movie, and I thought it was great, you know. And so did the you know, the the 500 other guys who were going to buy it, but for 500 sales, you know, you're never going to pay for that transfer for the trip, for the rights, for all that stuff. You know, it's like, and some of these really obscure movies, they just the market is just not there for
0: it. No cult following is another word for. Didn't make no money essentially.
1: Well, yeah, you know, cult. You know, I don't. I don't wait to look at that. The Cult following is uh, a constant revenue source, but it's not a big hit. So, like, you know, I've got movies that, like, we'll say the Cripple Masters. Every month, sell and sell and sell. And regardless, they can sit out there for ten years and they'll keep selling. Are they? Am I ever going to go in that one month and go, man, the Cripple Masters made me four grand this month? No, it's not going to happen. But they keep selling, and that's what the cult hits are great for but it's really hard to make those really nice additions of those when you know your revenue stream is going to be a trickle for the next five years Yeah, and That's... you know you don't, you don't get that big I mean if, if you've got a kingdom of the spiders or you've got a you know a zombie one of the big cult movies you oh know, that
0: you movie know, sucks
1: but it's got a huge following or you get a demons or you get you know you know one of those like a class of yeah you know, I mean a class of 1984 really even counts you know um but you get one of those uh, types where it's got a big cult following that's built up over the last 40 years. Yeah, you'll get a home run when you put out that new edition. for you know. But then it'll just keep selling. You know? But it's not going to be the home run of The Hunger Games like we were talking about earlier.
0: And you know The Hunger Games, I didn't even like The Hunger Games. I quit watching I it. I was thought. so bored. I gave up hour in. Nobody got killed yet.
1: It's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours, isn't it?
0: Yeah, my wife finished it, and I was like, be honest, what I, should I go back and finish it when I like it? she's looking, she's like, no, I started reading a book. I just want to see how it ended. Because <laughs> my wife liked Battle Royale, mean Gun, shit. She likes oh, Battle Royale.
1: Battle yeah.
0: Battle Royale too, not so great.
1: I love the intro. It's so anti American. Like, oh man, these guys really don't like us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, must have taken place at Lincoln High in Japan. It was
1: Lincoln High in Japan with two towers. That's so I'm going to say.
0: I guess with that, fans, that was the class of 1984, the class of 1999. Definitely go buy those. Um, I thank Jonathan for being uh, on this week.
1: Always happy to be on.
0: He'll be back again, don't worry. And we'll be back next week. Might have a treat next week, fans. I think we might be finally talking about some slow hand cigar.